Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the announced Gambit updates coming in Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. When you get to the channel, you can hit subscribe and the bell button. That's free and supports me directly. If you'd rather use Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com, but the YouTube channel does have a join button, and that's a way to support me directly with a paying membership. Uh, Also, if you're like, man, where are the Q&A sessions in the VIP? call-ins. I'm trying not to bombard your sub box, so we're going to start using timestamps in the description. You click on it, it'll take you to the past broadcast where this happened live, as opposed to a separate video. We were hitting sub boxes way too often. I was doing a live stream and then uploading three videos a day. So, I'm going to walk through everything they said about Gambit with minor commentary here and there about what I think. I'm going to say, you know, in the middle of the video, this all sounds reasonable, but I'm going to end by saying it's ultimately still, it's, it's gambit. So first they said, you know, they set out their goals. What were they trying to do here? They wanted to build a more approachable gambit prime, keeping the one round format with a longer round, but without the gambit prime armor perks. Now, the reason they're saying build a more approachable gambit prime, they did a presentation at the GDC and consistently made, you know, references to the fact that gambit prime was meant to be sweatier version of gambit. It was supposed to be like the trials for PVE. That's why they had the armor, the armor perks, and it got kind of crazy. Like if we're honest, gambit prime was nuts when you went up against an organized team with the armor. So they're wanting to make it more approachable, especially since they're going down to just one game mode. There's not like the casual and the hardcore version of it anymore. They'll just be one. Uh, They wanted to rebalance the moat phase to last two-thirds of every match rather than half of the match. So moat banking phase is going to last, it's going to be a, take up a longer portion of the fight. The matches they said at the end of this are actually going to be shorter than Gambit Prime matches now, but moat phase will take up a greater proportion this of course means boss rush the boss fight will be shorter right and here they say as i just said boss rush they want the primeval fight to give more of the feeling of a boss rush so they're embracing the melt because we we do it anyway (laughs) like so they're changing that I, i think that's 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 pretty good so what do they do they basically started with gambit prime encounters so they're looking at gambit prime and they wanted to look at how it felt and they said here without the reaper buffs the large bosses that came in were too tanky so this is kind of some admittance that the gambit prime setup was a little bit you know it was a little bit too uh too hardcore if you didn't have somebody on your team with reaper those large bosses were a bit too much and since they're doing away with those armor sets they're also then going to take those large bosses, pull them down to be mini bosses or elite. Uh, they also play tested the having the moats phase be a target score of 150 and or have a heavier moat drain, but this allowed organized teams to steamroll even more effectively, not less. This is honestly the most encouraging part of the blog because I said when they said they were going to make the moat drain be a heavier form of moat drain, I was like, that's going to be literally terrible. It's just going to lead to more snowball. Thankfully, their playtests came to came to find that was true, uh, and so they basically said they pulled back the current Gambit Prime moat target and drain. This should be exciting and encouraging to you because that was definitely one of the avenues where teams were just absolutely steamrolling. Uh, they took the Gambit Prime blockers and they took the Taken Captain out. He was just too potent for a 10-mote blocker. He's been replaced with the Phalanx, who's still tough to kill but not quite as lethal. And then since the armor perks are gone, the 20-mote giant blocker is gone. 
We kept invasions during mode phases at 3, uh, just like Gambit Prime, but they pulled back the minimum time between invasions uh, during mode phases from 10 seconds to 20 seconds. It never feels good to get invaded back to back. I don't think this is extreme enough. I still think a really, really good team is going to invade close together and just tend to steamroll. If you have a really, really strong first invasion and you slow down the other team, even if they all hide, that's a long time they have to all hide. Uh, You get one or two kills and they lose those motes. I don't think 20 seconds is enough for a team to kind of rebuild, respawn, go get kills, get moats and, and bank to re, you know, kind of like restabilize to, you know, recoup their losses. I don't think they can do that in 20 seconds. It's it's like literally it's only an extra 10 seconds than what you have right now. I don't think that's enough. Hopefully I get proven false by that, but I still think the presence and the persistence of invasion is one of the leading causes of people disliking this game because you just tend to get steamrolled. Uh, for the boss fight, they took the Gambit Primeval fight. So here's something we need to pay attention to. They're not talking about the Gambit Prime fight, okay? They're talking about the Gambit Primeval fight. They removed the Time Slayer buffs. Now, the Time Slayer buff was something that you got automatically. I'm fairly certain as long as you killed one envoy, you would get every so often a Slayer buff. I'm fairly certain they also just gave it to you even if you didn't, so if you fell significantly behind, you would at least have some Slayer buffs to try to help out. They're removing that. There's going to be no more just automatic time Slayer buffs, but they're going to be giving you an option to get them back. They increased the Primeval Health. That's a little weird, but the potency of the Slayer buff has gone up as well, and you only get it from killing Envoys, right? The envoys are going to respawn every 40% damage done to the primeval. So if you get invaded and they get in the primeval gets healed, you have the opportunity to get more slayer buffs to catch up. So the potency of the buffs is stronger because more than likely you're going to have less stacks because you're only going to get so many times of killing, you know, envoys. There's only going to be so many times where you do that 40% damage and spawn them unless there's a huge back and forth tug of war with invades, which I kind of doubt that's going to be the case. I'm envisioning people will kill the envoys, wait for the invader, kill the invader or get killed by the invader, respawn, do the 40% damage, bake the envoys, get the next batch of of, uh, buff, and then try to melt the boss. Because again, they're going for a boss rush. This boss is going to get melted. Uh, And here they say, the fight length ends up being somewhere between the original Gambit and Gambit Prime, so we adjusted the invasion timer during Primeval Phase to match right in between Gambit and Gambit Prime timing. So... This will end up being a, you know, kind of land uh, land in the middle. So overall, they say the mode is going to be quicker than Gambit Prime, mostly due to the shortening of the boss phase and the removal of the larger bosses from the fronts, uh, but one that still gives that Gambit feeling that you love. So if you've liked the fact that Gambit Prime was quick, this is actually going to end up being a little quicker, they say, than, uh, than how Gambit Prime is right now. So... I think this all sounds reasonable, okay? I don't think they wanted to completely change the game from the ground up. They're not making Gambit less Gambit. It's still going to feel like Gambit. For fans of Gambit, it's, you know, you're not losing your game mode, all right? They seem to be targeting core issues, right? The core issues of people invading back-to-back, blockers being annoying, uh, moat drain being too strong, the tanky enemies showing up and really slowing everything down. You know, they're trying to target those core issues. Uh, you know, the presence of, of the invader and the and the way that the, the, the time slayer buffs were, were you know, sort of affecting the boss fights and kind of leading to some frustration sometimes. Like, they're targeting core issues. They dialed back 
uh, changes that I feared would be bad. So I'm glad that they said, look, you know, the the heavier moat drain actually wasn't a good idea. Hearing them say that's encouraging. It means they actually play tested this. They didn't just like throw a bunch of ideas out and think, oh, this will be good. Um, and so I'm actually encouraged that they that they found what. And I know people are like, Does, you know, you always you always say, you know, I was right, I was right. Well, I tried to say I was like, look, a heavier moat drain's a bad idea. It's going to lead to more steamrolls, and their tests found that to be true. I think that's encouraging. If you like Gambit, you should be glad they're actually playtesting these changes to ensure they don't wreak havoc on the game mode. So I want to end by saying it's still Gambit, all right? Probably won't suddenly be your favorite mode if you already don't like it. You know, if you're not a fan of Gambit now, I don't think these changes are going to suddenly convert you into a Gambit fan. Like, I can't wait to get in there. But I will say this. If it's less tilting and it's more approachable and it's faster, that's good for the people that tend to go in there either infrequently, maybe you just go in weekly. Uh, Folks like me, I generally only go in there when I'm doing day one raid prep because I want to maximize as many opportunities for power gain as I can. And if it's more approachable and the rounds are faster, that's a good thing. It's like, we don't need to drag this out, you know, especially if you think about how Gambit works right now, not Gambit Prime, how Gambit works works right now with three rounds and sudden death and it just feels like an eternity sometimes a lot of times if you lose the first round and you're literally only in there for the milestone just you just feel like throwing the second round just it's faster i'll be back in orbit i'll be out of here quicker if you just throw the second round so i like the fact that they're they're targeting this mode and saying what can we do to speed it up and make it more approachable which for those of us that go in there infrequently or only use it during the first week for day one raid prep that's an encouraging thing to see i think that they're targeting not just core issues and frustrations but they're trying to make it a more approachable and more expeditious experience if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube again the vip and q a timestamps are below you can always come in and watch live at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session after the talk I did about the updates coming to Gambit in Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. We are doing things a little bit differently now. The Q&A sessions and the VIP call-ins are just going to stay in the past broadcast, and we're using the timestamps to get you here from the 10-minute video. So... Uh, Leviathan with the first question. Some love, some hate it. What could they do with the Drifter to make the mode more appealing now that there's no specific reason to play? Specific gear set bonuses to chase, ETC. Yeah, you know, as the guy who's always asking that question, I kind of forgot to ask that question in my video. Where Where is there any mention of a loot motivation? Why am I going to take the time to go... And, and, and run uh, Gambit. Um, aside from, like, the power climb in the very beginning of the season, we do need, I think, specific loot to Gambit. Now, there's rumors and leaks and things about the vendors are getting gun updates. We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing those rumors. So it could be that... I'll scroll up here in the TWAB, right? We have the armor set with the shared geometry, so I guess you'll be earning... That the version on the far side there that the warlock's wearing, you'll get that version if you're playing Gambit. 
uh, I need more than that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? If I'm going to dedicate time to going into Gambit and putting in some work, I, I, I need more than that. Now, they did say that underneath this image, weekly challenges are being updated to offer avenues uh, of for players to earn high stat packages. So, again, there's that aspect. Like, if you're if you're kind of sold on Gambit, you like it, it's a, it's a ritual for you daily and weekly, you're going to be able to get high stat armor and rank ups. I still don't think that's enough. I really, I mean, it's a, it's a first person shooter, right? We need guns. Like, you have to put guns in content, uh, which is why I was encouraged when, you know, down here when they talked about strikes, we'll get to this in the, in the other videos, but they said that they are, uh, they're looking to add adept weapons to strikes in a future season and they'll have more info, uh, closer to season 13. So, when I look at Gambit, I see a game mode with potential. They've got people that enjoy it. And if they make it faster than Gambit Prime, if you put dope loot in there, I'll spend some time in there. I'm not kidding around. If 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 I can go in and get something that is only attainable obtainable there, a gun, a grenade launcher, and I, I've always thought the Gambit stuff was good looking. I, we'll talk about the sniper in another video, but that ornament for the sniper is awesome. The snakes, and the, you know, the black scarf kind of wrapped around it, the green. I've always found the Gambit uh, iconography very, very cool with the snake and the green, and I think Drifter's one of the coolest characters they've added to the game. But that's not enough to make me go run Gambit. For high stat armor, there's going to be other pursuits for high stat armor. I mean, let's just go back and read what they said. Think about it. If they're going to update weekly challenges to offer other avenues to get higher stat packages, that includes Crucible and that includes Vanguard, right? And that 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 Crucible armor is really nice. I actually like that cut the, the coloring there. It's sort of a a matte finish, black and red. It's very. I think it looks nice. I if I can grind Strike weekly challenges for high stat armor. You better believe I'm going to do that. It's the same armor. It's 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 shared geometry. So not only do you need to love the look of the Gambit armor, you need to basically be like, I don't feel like chasing high set armor anywhere else. This is why you need guns that are unique to the playlist. You need guns that are unique to Crucible and Strikes, or they're nothing. Now, something I didn't hammer away at in my video... I think it was yesterday that I said this on the VIP call-ins. I said that September will be housekeeping and band-aid, you know, ripping band-aids off. To me, I think that's why the shared geometry armor and this sniper is in the same twab with all the housekeeping about crucible strikes and gambit because I think they knew this sniper and this armor would be unpopular. They don't want to have to talk about shared geometry armor and a beloved sniper rifle returning as a, as a pursuit weapon. They don't want to talk about that when they're starting to market Beyond Light because they're not marketing Beyond Light yet. This is housekeeping. So what I concluded from that, and we talked about this this morning before we kind of got into it, I said, it feels like to me they are taking the world loot pool what they did this season with the world loot pool and the and the and the pursuit weapons and the vendors and they're making those like basic not high priority not upper echelon anything i feel like they've lowered those things like they're using pursuit weapons and the world loot pool that's where they're doing reissues 
The hope would be that means that trials, raids, strikes, nightfalls, once you climb up, seasonal content, whatever the seasonal activity is, that's where the unique cool stuff should be. It, I'm okay with all of this, by the way, if we get really, really dope stuff in the seasonal the planet if there's planet loot if the, again there's raid loot there's trials loot if they nail the upper echelon then who gives a, who gives a crap about this stuff down at the bottom this isn't for you if you're a hardcore player an armor set from the vanguard if you're a hardcore player don't you want a dope armor set in trials a dungeon or a raid wouldn't you rather the dope stuff be there this stuff is supposed to be pretty basic and entry level why because like anybody can get it Anybody can get this stuff. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with the pursuit weapon. Anybody can get the pursuit weapon. Yeah, I actually like the helmets. I think the helmets look good. Um, uh, I think the crucible set looks nice. I think, I think they put the crucible set front and center because I think it is the strongest of the three as far as design and coloring. So if if they're if they're th- that's my theory that's my theory is that right now this is housekeeping these are unpleasantries they know these aren't going to be super popular things they know Reddit's going to light on fire when they see this sniper rifle as the pursuit weapon they know that's going to happen they know this community that think about what they're doing they're announcing stuff that's supposed to be a part of like the content and they're announcing it on September the tenth like two entire months before the content comes out that is not that is not what Bungie does when we are this far out okay when we are this far out they typically go through the unpleasantries the band-aids getting ripped off and the and the housekeeping it's none of this is exciting now this down here I think is exciting you know cleaning up the strike playlist cleaning up the crucible hoppers to be to be less you know less crazy and then the changes to gambit I think these are good but again none of this is hype none of this is marketing this is all housekeeping that's how I view it so it's a valid question I think Leviathan's asking a really really good question I hope we get more answers closer to the launch of like what on earth am I gonna why am I gonna run gambit are you putting new guns in there are you putting anything in there or is it just the armor that I can get anywhere you know buffalo with a $5 tip from that angle the titan with that knife it looks so close to the jugular but the knife's pointed down what are you talking about? Oh no, it is just pointed up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dangerous. I'll be honest. His knife looks photoshopped on. It doesn't look like it's there. <laughs> There's no shadow underneath of it. There's honestly no shadows underneath any of them. Look, like they slapped him off. If he turns his head too sharply, he's in trouble. You know? He lands too quickly. That's bad. Anyways, um... Yeah, I want I want I want more information. Uh if they if they go if they get into October and they start marketing Beyond Light, these are the questions that I have. How how much loot? Where is the loot? What are you doing to motivate that kind of core activities? They talked about reinvigorating core activities. A shared geometry armor set does not reinvigorate core activities. Now, adept weapons and strikes, yeah, that's reinvigorating core activity, but they said strikes. They didn't even say the strike playlist. That could be nightfalls. 
you know I, I don't know reinvigorating crucible gambit and strikes has got to be more than a shared armor set that looks different depending on where you get it yeah it is a sheath we're being funny obviously it's not going to actually poke him uh, Necro with the next question I don't think Gambit's rules are going to change all that much I do wish to ask a more general question do you think Bungie is going to redesign some of the remaining maps to ensure that our new subclass changes can come in and hit the ground running I have no idea how I'm supposed to speculate about this um, if they did some PvP testing and so, or some Gambit testing and they found that Stasis is kind of messing with the map design they may make changes, but I, I don't have any way to make any form like any form of a speculation about this. They haven't said anything to indicate that that's on the table. So, uh, Avenger with the next question. Gambit always had a different reward system than the other core vendors with tokens. Do you feel like the uh, uh, like either of these systems could be streamlined, or do you think that the new system should be in place for reward structures of core playlists? Yeah, I mean, the token slamming, I mean, where did they put that? The stuff on the armor? They have information about it. Um, uh, This armor can be earned by completing activities or through vendor rank-ups. Now, they don't say if vendor rank-ups are going to be token slamming. They don't say that. So... That'd be cool if they retired tokens and if vendor rank up came through activity completions and bounties, maybe. Um, and obviously, we don't want bounties to be as they are now. They need to be a little bit more understated, but I still think bounties are good. Uh, yeah, as far as a new system is needed, I I don't know. They've, they've got to have... Uh, they, they have to have something more than just like a token system. I don't think the token system works all that well. The vendors need to be completely overhauled. They need a seasonal rank. They need seasonal rank rewards. They need incentive to go into their playlists. Uh, They need loot grind in their playlists. I think... I know people are concerned, and I think that's probably where my concern lies, is are we going to do this thing where... Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit feel they, they feel super deluded, and then everyone's just supposed to flock to Europa and the seasonal content. There's got to be a way to reinvigorate the entire game as opposed to doing such a piecemeal update. Because if what we're looking at is essentially what they're doing with core activities in Destiny 2 with Beyond Light, then I am concerned. I don't think this is all they're doing because, again, this feels more like housekeeping than marketing. I want to wait and let them actually start marketing for Beyond Light. This is all very informational. This is all very bland. And again, some of this is is things that I think they knew would be unpopular in the community. Um, Namely, the shared geometry armor that they already talked to us about, so they already know people aren't happy about it. And the, the sniper rifle. So... I, I don't think we're going to really start to get the exciting stuff until we get to October. They, 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 they always wait till very close to the launch. They'll use the, you know, the last couple weeks of October especially to probably really ramp it up. I would think in the remaining weeks of September, there, I, would, I would think we're going to hear about is if, if and how leveling is changing, if and how the artifact is changing, and then if and how bounties are changing. And then obviously we would hope Maybe in October, maybe in September. Are they doing anything, any semblance of a weapons update to make the weapon system more exciting the way they did with Armor 2.0? That's a lingering question that I have. 
are you doing anything to make weapons more exciting since you're sunsetting and reissuing is that maybe going to calm everybody down like are people going to calm down because yes this is a beloved but it's going to land in the game and immediately be way cooler than any of the ones that you have I know people are like oh but it was leaked and it doesn't have good PVP perks I mean let's just wait and see we don't know what version got leaked we don't know what kind of changes they've made in the meantime uh, it, it, it could be whatever gets shipped could be completely different than what uh, was originally leaked yo Arbalist thanks for clicking the join button I appreciate anybody who does that clicks join and supports directly with a paid membership if you guys want to sub it's free click subscribe and the bell button thank you guys for being here and supporting the channel thanks for all the likes today as well as all the new members and the super chat tips um, I appreciate it gonna be the same stat pool nine hundred two 2.0 I just the, the real reason I can't see them doing that is they're hitting the loot pool so hard and so aggressively it is illogical and nonsensical to create all these vacancies and to literally not make any changes or updates. It doesn't make any sense. Look at what they did to the armor system. They go to armor 2.0 and you literally deleted two years worth of armor. You're like, yeah, I don't need any of this crap. All this new stuff's a thousand times better. And so it's it's uh, to me, that points to, again, I'm just trying to think logically, if they're going to disrupt the loot pool and sunset and do all these things that are very very disruptive there's got to be something happening I feel like the weapons update got bumped out of this expansion I mean maybe but if this was if they're building on what was meant to be like a destiny 3 foundation I would think there'd be a significant change in the weapon system I don't know that's my big lingering question I do think we're going to get updates and information about leveling the artifact and bounties I think those those questions need to be dealt with before they start marketing because they don't want to market the game and have everybody being like yeah but what about this but what about this but what about that they want the marketing to be crisp clean and excitement driving not confusing like well wait you guys didn't say anything about leveling or the artifact they'll handle all that housekeeping before they start marketing they've always done it this way they announced sunsetting everybody lost their dadgum minds they went to the, into the details of it and then two weeks later they started marketing season of arrivals they got the unpleasantries out of the way first and then they start marketing they've been doing it like this for years they have to address certain issues and go through logistical housekeeping like the crucible and the gambit and the strike updates they have to do that and they don't want to do some like mega blog post that's like reading a book you know Polarin says, uh, or Polarin, uh, with adept weapons coming to strikes, do you think that they should be coming to Gambit as well? This is this is related to the first question. I, I don't know about you guys, but if you don't put new weapons in the content, I just I don't think armor is a strong enough motivator. I don't. Like, if you look at Destiny 2 Vanilla, that was the grind. Go and get armor sets. And the armor ultimately meant nothing, so it didn't really matter. But if you wanted to look like the armor from a faction or IO or whatever, that was the grind in Destiny 2 Vanilla. And everybody was like, it's not exciting enough. We need guns to chase. And there were no guns to chase in Vanilla because everything was static. So, I don't know. And I, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. Like, I'm okay with Bungie lowering the priority for vendor loot 
and pursuit weapons. Why? Because that's not really the meat of the content. I want the cool looking stuff, the new stuff, the flashy stuff. I want it out in the world. I want it attached to activities. So if they're going to do adept weapons and strikes, yes, do something for Gambit. Put loot in the activities. I'm totally, I'm actually not bothered by the sniper and I'm not bothered by the armor because to me, if vendor armor and stuff that you're essentially just automatically given by playing, if they lower that in its priority and its coolness and its newness, I'm actually okay with that. The armor set from the seasonal activity, the raid, the dungeon, the planet, that's the stuff that you want to be like super, super dope. In an article, they did hint at a weapon system change, upgrade, overhaul. We might not be getting any changes. Uh, That's a big update that could be used for marketing for Beyond Light, like it was for Forsaken. Yeah, we may not get a blog. You're right. You're right, Tank. They may take the the weapon system update and do like a marketing vid doc, and then they would put that closer to the launch of Beyond Light as a form of marketing for Beyond Light to get us excited. And then they did the the Armor 2.0 stream. So I could even see them doing like a stream where they walk through what the weapons are going to look like. Darksider. Bungie saying that their goal is to speed up the primeval fight, which is already short and fast with heavy baking of the boss. Do you think this will create more steamrolls where if the boss is summoned, it dies within seconds now? Um, they did say it was going to be a little bit faster, and they also said that the boss fights are going to go a little bit quicker, and the moat, the moat drain... I'm sorry, not the moat drain. The moat banking is now two-thirds of the fight, uh, two-thirds of the game, as opposed to 50%. So, it seems like that's the real battleground. What I, I think you're right. I think like once somebody gets their primeval out, if you're far behind, that's pretty much the end of the matter. And I think it's kind of it, it's probably okay to embrace that because that's kind of how it went anyway. And if they give you more opportunity to come back and and answer by lowering moat drain, lowering a slightly lowering frequency of invades. I, uh, you know, maybe the fact that two thirds of the of the round is moat banking, you have more of an opportunity to catch back up. So then, primevals maybe are landing closer together, and since you're not getting a guaranteed primeval buff from the timer, it only comes from killing the envoys. That's going to slow some teams down a little bit because they're they're only going to get that initial stack. You know. I ain't been here in a while. I just lost that Destiny passion and nothing they showed me has got me excited. Hope you're doing awesome. You know, I don't expect that, Swags. I do not expect this blog post to get anybody excited. I don't think it was even written in in a way that was meant to convey incitement. It just feels very housekeeping. Um, I don't know. To me... Listen, just think of it this way. If Bungie thought this armor and the sniper rifle were going to be really, really exciting bombshells... I don't think they would have put them in a blog post about crucible strikes and gambit changes. They they've slapped this into a pretty boring, pretty housekeepy twab. I think they did that on purpose. Two thirds moat banking equals more time for strategy and tactics. Yeah, maybe, maybe. The worry I have is that invasion is still going to determine everything. They've added ten seconds you know, in between invade times, because it was originally 10, now it's 20. So they've tacked on an extra 10 seconds. I don't think that's going to make a bit of difference. 
the ability for a team to bounce back and come back and recover from a, a team invading them and get their moats back up and bank again, the amount of time required to do that ain't 10 seconds. It ain't. Respawn and run all the way to where the enemies are and kill a couple enemies and get just five moats and set a timer and see how long it takes you to do that. It ain't 10 seconds. It ain't 20 seconds. It isn't. And then by the time you go back to bank, it's got to be closer to 30 seconds. If they have a good invade and you got to sit there and wait to respawn, you're, there is just I just don't think that's enough time to recover. Respawning should be shorter. Yeah, I mean it's possible they should do you know do shorter respawns. Problem with that is, and you're gonna have somebody just you know getting multis off you. They're gonna trap you and spawn, and you know as soon as you come back, they're gonna try and shoot you again. I guess you can sit back there and hide. Um, comebacks in Gambit Prime are a dime a dozen. I mean, according to what they wrote in this blog post, steamrolls are common, and they got more common when they increased moat drain. So, I, I don't know. They're clearly they're clearly in agreement with me that invade rhythm and moat drain and and those pain points of losing moats and getting back to back invades and snowballing and all that. It's clear that was a problem in Gambit Prime that they're trying to solve. Like the developer themselves are saying these were problems with the game mode that we're trying to fix. You can't act like they weren't problems. Like just because you periodically have a really strong team and you can come back to, you know, Oh yeah, we we had a lot of comebacks as a strong team. I I don't know. It's easier to come back in prime versus normal because it takes longer to kill the prime evil. Right. I'm not saying it was nothing but steamrolls and nobody could ever come back. I'm saying if you read their updates, it's clear that steamrolls were a problem in Gambit in general. Whether one happened more or less in the other game modes kind of irrelevant. They're readily admitting there were factors in the design of this of this mode that led to steamrolls and some of the changes they tried to make actually increased steamrolls, not decreased. I mean, all you got to do is read this. This allowed organized teams to steamroll even more effectively, not less. That means their goal is to make steamrolls a less common thing. Like, that's what that sentence means. Their, their intended effect was to lower the likelihood of steamrolls, and it didn't work. So their goal actually is to say, we want steamrolls to happen less often. So... I don't know how you ever come back in Prime. Once you summon Prime Evil in Prime, if if you summon first and lose, you're playing terribly. You literally bum rush the envoy and wait for the invader, and then everybody can shoot him together. And then you bum rush the next envoy and then wait for the invader. And then when you're getting ready to do your melt or your burn, you can obviously decide based on what the other team's doing because you can see what they're doing. You don't kill the envoy, you wait for the invader, then you kill the envoy, and then you bake. Like, you're totally in the position of power if you manage the envoys and the invades properly. Like, if, if, you're, if you're getting to the prime evil in Gambit Prime and mishandling it, I don't even know if you can be like, oh, comebacks happen. I would say, how in the world do you choke when you got there first? I, I don't know. There were times we would literally kill Envoy 1 and then wait for the guy, kill Envoy 2. There was a time we killed Envoy 2, the invader killed all of us, and it didn't matter. It literally didn't matter. You're saying they're waiting while they're banking? Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Who cares? You can slowly kill any blockers they send over, right? 
And then you get to the, that's all we ever did. We would get to the third envoy and we wouldn't kill the envoy. We'd wait for the invader. And then, because they're behind. They're only going to be able to kill one envoy in the time that we wait for the envoy, kill the envoy, and bake. No one ever could catch up to us when we played it that way. I won't invade during Primeval until I see the health bar move. Yeah, but if you do that and you let us just keep stacking envoys, eventually, yeah, you're going to invade while we're trying to bake and it's going to be too late. We're going to do damage too quickly. If they invade during a non-damage phase, they're stupid. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I think I think that getting ahead, it's clear. It's clear they're trying to solve that. They're creating more moat bank era, and the boss is just a rush because I don't think they could suddenly make the boss an actual tug of war. They're embracing the fact that like once you summon the boss, you're probably gonna win. They, they, they I guarantee you, they crunched the numbers and they said, you know, 80% of the time, whoever summons the primeval first wins. So, how do we fix that? Well, rather than try and fix it, make the boss fight a smaller portion of the round and make the moat banking a larger portion of the round so there's more of a back and forth. I I highly doubt they crunched the numbers and determined that, like, yeah, the boss fight's a really great place for tug-of-war. They're literally turning it into a boss rush. They're not trying to protect anything that was good or that was excellent back and forth or was nuanced. It's, it's for most teams. If you summon first, you're winning. It's 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 the, the, just because you have comebacks or people people manage to come back doesn't mean the trend. The trend is there. If it's a trend, they're clearly trying to minimize that trend. That's the point that I'm making. You have to understand something. If I say the trend around five o'clock is when I take this highway, it takes me an extra long time to get across the river. And you and you and you bounce back and say, oh, but I've done it a couple of times and I've I've gotten across the river in 15 minutes. Okay, that's that's fine. The general trend is that around that time of day, traffic's terrible. Okay? So the general trend in Gambit is first to invade wins, first to summon wins. That's a trend. To argue that's not a trend, I think it's just kind of ludicrous. If you've played Gambit, you know what I'm saying is true. Just because it's a trend doesn't mean you can't win if you don't invade first or don't summon first. Yes, you can, but the trend is clearly something they're trying to work against here with these changes. If I got matched with guys going to town with guillotine, but then dying so it doesn't really help, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it. you definitely can have people that, that pull the trigger too early on boss damage. That's true as well. Darksider with another question. The armor perks, Reaper, Invader, ETC, were one of the more unique and engaging systems in Gambit. Do you think it was the right decision to remove them because they can't seem to balance it properly? You know me. I hate to jettison something and punt. I do. You guys know. I'm commonly saying refine it and make it better. But, more than likely, okay, more than likely, they looked at this and said, it's too demanding. It's too demanding. You got like nobody can just go in. If they're going to go down to think of it this way, if they're going to go down to one gambit mode, you can't re- require that level of thought and organization from randoms. You just can't. If you're going to go down to one mode, two modes it made sense. You want to go sweat? You want to go big be be big dog organized? Cool. Go into prime. You just want to you just want to solo queue it up. You just want to solo queue it up. Okay, go into regular gambit. The fact that they're going down to one mode, they can't require... I mean, look at what they wrote up here. Without the Reaper buffs, the large bosses that come in were too tanky. So, 
what do you think the experiences of players that go into Gambit Prime without a Reaper, or they're just they're just they're just solo queuing and they end up on a team without a Reaper? Bungie's admitting right here that the it's 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 too rigid. It's too rigid. You you got you have to look at that and say you're asking random people to organize, and if not, Bungie admits the pain's too the, the pain is is overrealized. It's too much. It throws off rhythm. People can't zoom out from themselves and see the general picture. They just think their own perspective is the whole world. Well, I don't think, I mean, I don't think people are being dumb, but I think that's the anecdotal evidence is usually problematic for that reason. Because you having a comeback or you having a good experience with traffic in the example that I gave doesn't negate the trend. Um, I feel the invader was more important than the Reaper set. No, I, I'm not going to deny that, D- Dave. Holy moly, the invader set was broken. Because usually if you're invading, you're invading on the heels of some blockers getting sent, which means moat drain is happening. And if you had the full invader set, bank is locked. It's not draining, it's locked. But if the, if the blockers are there, it's also draining. And you're over there with an overshield and heavy ready to kill. Like, it was, stu- it was stupid. So, and then, and then they're admitting right here that if you didn't have a reaper, these guys just felt too tanky. It was just kind of slowing everything down. And so in my mind, Bungie's saying, look, I mean, let's scroll up, okay? Right here. What's their goal? Build a more approachable Gambit Prime, keeping the one-round format with a longer round, but without the Grant Gambit Prime armor perks. This it, this end of the sentence is related to the first. If it's going to be more approachable Gambit Prime, you have to get rid of the armor perks. You have to. I, I there, there just doesn't seem to be a way... To have that level of organization for randoms. Look at what happened in Sundial before Guillotine, okay? Take take a journey with me back in time. Before the Guillotine existed, do you remember running Sundial with randoms and nobody would be running Unstoppable? And you'd get on that Hammer of Dawn encounter and nobody had Unstoppable for the for the Cabal guy uh, that comes out of the middle? It was infuriating. Somebody's gotta stun that guy or he takes so long to kill you got to use so much heavy on him obviously guillotine has completely changed everything but we didn't have guillotine sword back then so if you went into sundial with randoms and no one was running unstoppable that encounter sucked same thing here imagine going into gambit prime and being like great i got stuck with three people on moat perks what the frick oh my word we don't have an invader. We don't have a reaper. This is going to be terrible. Like, I, you can't... And listen, before we uh, had the Q&A, someone in chat brought this up and was upset. They're like, this is lame, man. That was one of the coolest things they've done. It was unique. I get it. If you and your buds would throw on your sets and get your perks and just go to town and gambit prime, I know that's a bummer for you. But if they're going down to one mode and trying to make it more approachable... You have to see it for what it is. That doesn't work. You can't ask that of people. It's too much. The Reaper set was only needed if you didn't play meta builds, Mountaintop, Recluse, Xenophage, GTC, because your DPS was trash otherwise. I mean, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bungie on it. Your opinion's fine. I'm going with Bungie. Bungie said without Reaper, they were too tanky. I'm going from I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the developer's judgment on it over you saying like, well, if you ran meta, it was fine. I it, it, again, that's just like anecdotal. You also have to consider, 
you're saying, oh, it's fine if you run meta builds. Again, if it's one mode with matchmaking and you get stuck with people aren't running meta builds, the large bosses are going to be a friggin' headache, and now you're losing simply because they built those large bosses because of Reaper buff. It, it, they were related to each other. It was a pain point mitigated by Reaper. They were made for each other. It's, it, they're meant to link. It's like the champion mods. It's a, it's a pain point that has its solution in your loadout. So, I, it, at, the, at the end of the day, Bungie's goal here was, we can't have two modes anymore. We need one. If we're going to go down to one, it needs to be more approachable, and it needs to be faster. People don't like it. People, people aren't jiving with this. What if you level up Gambit and get small passive benefits? Personally, I have always thought they should minimize invasion and make it more like a MOBA Tetris game where depending on what you choose to bank gives you different buffs or debuffs to the enemy team. I've always thought that would be a better version of Gambit. You bank five moats, you get a buff for yourself. You bank ten, you can send a debuff to the other team. It's like you're unlocking abilities. It's like there's like an econ. You're using the game's economy to strategize. Like, hey, they sent us a debuff. We got to do blood, such and such next. Like, and I know obviously with randoms that might get too complicated, but they could have made it pretty simple. It could have been a buff for yourself, a buff for the team, or a debuff or whatever. And just a couple of things. If it would have been more like that, I, I think Invasion is just always going to drag this game under the water. I think Invasion will always, always drag Gambit under the water. Basically, this is what I mean. A really good invader is essentially how you win, and I don't think that's going to change. Even with these changes, I don't think that's going to change. It's a PvP game mode in disguise. It will still, it will still be determined by first to invade, successful invade, win. I, 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 I still think that's going to be the trend. I know you have a good team. I know you shut down invaders. Good for you. I'm, we're all clapping for you. That's irrelevant. The trend will stay put that first to invade, good invade, wins the game. Um, you know, passive levels isn't a good idea. Well, make an argumentation. You're just asserting. People like me will have an advantage with those small benefits against a person that doesn't have the benefits. Well, you didn't even hear what I... Like, I didn't even tell you what the benefits would be. What if you could bank five and get double moat, double moat pickup for two minutes or, or, or 30 seconds or something? You bank five and you get double moat pickups. I didn't say what the ability, what the passives would be. You were presuming that they were going to be damage or something like that so that you wouldn't be able to fight against me. Like, I never said that. A buff or a debuff. So, like, you, you could, like, give yourself double pickup or debuff the enemy team so they get a, they get a, they get their earn rate cut in half. So all their banked moats get cut in half anytime they turn them in for the next 30 seconds. Well, that means they're going to have to wait to bank them. You're going to slow them down. Or they could bank to take it away. Like, it would be a bit more of a, like I said, like a Tetris game. I'm not arguing for that, by the way. I don't want the game mode to be reinvented. I don't want the game mode to be reinvented. I just think to make it more of a PvE VP game mode, a player versus environment versus player environment, that's what it should have been. 
From its inception, it should have been more about what you do can make it harder on the other team and less about invade and kill people. Like, the game mode has so much going on, but when you strip it down, that's it. That sounds like more disruption. No, 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 no. It wouldn't be disruption because you would still be able to bank your moats and kill your enemies, but you would be responding to what the enemy's doing. Oh, they debuffed our earn rate. Let's wait 30 seconds to bank. It's going to slow us down a little bit, but it's worth it. Don't bank right now. Or, no, 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 let's bank and send them a debuff. we got to slow them down. I was referring to Kyle. Oh, you were talking to somebody else. I thought you were talking to me. In any case, I am only saying that as sort of like a, and I know I don't like woulda, shoulda, coulda, but in my mind, the woulda, shoulda, coulda thing for Gambit to go back in time and make it way less of a PvP game. It's too much of a PvP game. It's way too PvP oriented. Uh, Again, I'm just making a prediction here. I think they're going to make all these changes and then a month in people will figure out the strategies and it will still be a game mode that is largely determined by first to invade and then if it's a successful invade. I think I think that's the hinge the game turns on and I don't think that's going to change even with these are thoughtful good changes I still think that trend will remain the same. As soon as you allow somebody to come over, disrupt, stop, and slow down the other team by killing them, as soon as that's is, as long as that's still in place, that's going to always be the thing. The problem is you just like PvP, so you're biased. No, this has nothing to do with my criticism. You're you're trying to attack me as opposed to my argumentation. There are plenty of people that like PvP. There are plenty of very, very strong PvP players that concede and admit everything I'm saying, that it is strongly dominated by the player versus player environment. You're not engaging with my argument. That's weak. That is weak sauce. Get that out of here. Don't attack me. Don't don't act like... the. F- and, and the thing is, is, I actually don't mind PvP. I enjoy it. I just don't enjoy it that much. I don't enjoy it enough to go in there and play it. I enjoyed trials with, with friends. I enjoyed shoutcasting trials. There's elements of Destiny's PvP I actually do enjoy. I'm not sitting here hating on PvP. I'm saying PvP is the driver of the game mode. If it's meant to be PvE, VP, the PvE doesn't hold enough of a foot. Yes, I PvP. Not a huge fan. Even have the flawless seal, and I agree with Lono. Right, it has nothing to do with my bias. It has nothing to do with my bias. So... And listen, listen, that's ultimately what I said in my video. I said it's still Gambit. It's still Gambit. It's going to retain its Gambit identity. If you like Gambit right now, you're probably going to keep liking it. If you don't like Gambit right now, you're probably going to keep on not liking it. It might be a little bit more tolerable when you're trying to level up those first couple of weeks. It might not be as bad because it goes faster. But generally speaking, I don't think they are completely eroding the identity of, of Gambit and creating a brand new game mode. And again, the woulda, shoulda, coulda, I'm just saying that from a perspective of somebody that's like, you were trying to create a blend of PvE and PvP. You were trying to do that and the PvP just overshadows everything in the mode. Since the beginning of the game mode's inception, everybody has always said, it's it, 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 everything comes down to first invade. I'm not the only person that has said this. This has been a consistent criticism of Gambit that in, it all comes down to invades. We played the one day with uh, this guy got invited, I believe, to one of the summits or something because he was like one of the best Gambit invaders in the in 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 the in the community. 
He was incredible. He and he just used a sniper. He would just go over with a sniper. We played with him and it was absurd what we did to teams. It was absurd. Yeah, it was Benji. He would invade, get kills, and he'd come back. And they never, I mean, there were literally games where that we would win and they'd have no moats banked. Zero. Like, his skill as the invader eliminated them. It was like we weren't even playing against anybody. It was it was absolutely absurd. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, that's why I'll probably never, it'll, it'll never be a very popular game mode for me. <laughs> like, I just, you know. And listen, there are plenty of people that like to play it. It's still here, and you know, and it'll be a little bit faster for you. As far as the, you know, it, the Reaper stuff getting removed, I'm okay with that. And I also think there's got to be a loot driver. For the, Listen, I take up for the people that like Gambit and Crucible. Those are sides of the game that I don't play all that often. And I've consistently said, you got to put new stuff in there. You gotta give the Crucible guys stuff to chase. Gotta give them guns. What is this? What reason do they have to play? Same thing with Gambit. I take out for the people that like these game modes and say, listen, you gotta put some loot in there. No, I don't just say that for them. I kind of say it for me. It's like, ah, if I'm, I'm gonna go in there every once in a while, I at least want there to be some loot for for Pete's sakes. Dracus, uh Pander. Will the Malfeasance quest transfer to the new Gambit version or will it be placed in the kiosk? They haven't said. My preference, I, I don't really have one. I, I would, you know, put it in the kiosk, it's fine. Or just update it to the new mode. You know, that I, I don't have a strong opinion here. Uh, Tame uh, Cyber says, Do you think with the amount of heavy spam there is in Gambit that they would even lower it considering how someone can keep an entire team from getting a moat by using something like truth every time they invade? They they didn't say anything about heavy. I don't think they care about that. I don't think they care about that. I I think in their mind, it's totally fine that someone invades with heavy and gets a couple of kills and comes back. Like that to them is like it's totally fine. The only thing they addressed here with invasion is is uh is the back-to-back factor right here. As far as I can tell, they're they're not they're not setting their sights on that. They're not. They're saying, "You know what? No, I, you know, the, the, the invading back-to-back is the issue. It's not heavy. They're not talking about overshield of the invader. They're not talking about uh, the wall hacks of the invader. They're not talking about any of that. They're like, nah, you just, we're going to add 10 seconds so you don't have like a back to back invade. Okay. I, you know, like I said, they're getting at some of the core issues, but the, but the, the fact of invasions not getting touched that much is why invasion will still be the primary driver of who wins Gambit. I think it's because we're going to learn soon that armaments will no longer be part of the game. I mean, maybe. Yo, thanks, Mac, for being here. I invade to grief. I make you hate Gambit. Why, I don't care. And I just want the games over. Oh, plenty of people do that. Yeah, Endeavor. Plenty of people do that. They literally just play to grief. Yeah, they love the fact that they can just go in and mess with other teams. They don't even care if they lose. It's just they just like to go in and annoy annoy people. You just keep invading while they have their primeval out, you know? Just keep going. <laughs> I know plenty of people that play that way. So 
Ashen Hollow. Do you see Stasis having any use in Gambit, especially this updated mode, considering Gambit is all about how fast you can kill ads? Yeah, I mean, the the moat gathering, I'm curious if you're going to have people that are really, some of the builds we've talked about, just lots of freezing, shattering, freezing, shattering. If you can get a really, really good rhythm, yeah, I could see Stasis becoming meta for moat gathering. The question will be, is it useful for for, uh, boss melting? Because they're referring to it as a boss rush. And I don't know if there's anything in stasis. We haven't seen anything in stasis yet that will aid you in that. You might still need to have somebody on bubble or well or something to uh, to fuel the, as they're calling it, boss rush. So. Young crisis actor. Do you think the change to the envoys was a good call? I feel like they're a good mechanic, but they weren't executed as well, and they could have been in the regular Gambit or Gambit Prime. Well, I think that what they're doing here is like, if you think ideally, you'd get the 40% damage and then you'd kill the envoys. And then around that time, you're now you've got like a really good damage stack. You're kind of, kind of probably get invaded around then or wait for the invader. And if you win or lose that invader fight, now the other team has an opportunity to do something similar. This feels more like a rubber band, not, not in the traditional sense. This feels more like uh, an accordion where, oh man, they're really far ahead, but oop, they need a little bit more. They only got the 40% and now they got to kill the envoys again. Oh, they got invaded and they lost some of the boss's health and it shrinks it back. Now the teams are in close proximity again. And now maybe this team gets their 40% damage and gets their envoys killed, but then somebody goes over there and invades. You know what I mean? I feel like one team's going to pull ahead and there's a chance to kind of slam them back down. And then this team could maybe pull ahead and then they get slammed back down. It's going to be really fast though. They're saying that it's going to end up being faster. So it's like more than likely they've already deduced that people are going to slam that 40% damage to get the second batch of envoys they'll probably take the invade on the chin because they said the actual potency of the slayer buff is now higher so they'll you know they've clearly deduced that folks will say yeah this is actually the fight ends up somewhere between original gambit and gambit prime both original Gambit and Gambit Prime are pretty quick. The boss fights are very quick. So, and they said moat. They they've said moat uh, collecting is now two thirds, and it's more of a boss rush. So I think as they've made these changes, I think the boss fights just a, a, a smaller and quicker portion of the fight now. So we'll. I, I think so. The changes to the envoys is it good? I'll say this. I always argued for more mechanics. I think there should have been three phases to the boss fight. I think every time you took away a third of his health, it should have initiated a mechanic that you had to work on. And I think they could only heal, they could only ever heal the primeval up to a locked in bar. So if you get the first, if you get that first third gone, they can't heal him past that. Or maybe they could only heal him half of an earned bar. If we get that first bar, that that, that first bar gone, you can only heal half of that bar back. So while we're working on the next mechanic, while we're working on the next uh, the next area, then you could come over, kill a couple of us, and then you could then have the uh, you could then say, oh, here you go. He's uh, he he's got half of that first bar back. 
I've always thought that's how it should have gone. You got three health bars on him. You got the three like sections. Each section that goes down triggers a mechanic somewhere in the room. So he's shielded or whatever. While you're working on that mechanic, you're obviously going to get invaded. And then if you get invaded and they kill some of you, they can only give, they can only say, okay, half of that health bar can be refilled. That's it. Next week in Destiny, double Nightfall, the ordeal rewards in the Lake of Shadows. That'll be fun. Tangled Shore is the weekly flashpoint. Get your lore and then prove your worth. Momentum control and lockdown. Return to the Crucible. Um. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Zer since since it's that time. Uh. Uh. So yeah. Um. Again, that just gets very woulda, shoulda, coulda. They they obviously thought, no, the boss fight, let's just embrace the identity of a boss melt. The identity of a boss rush. Let's just embrace that. And is that right or wrong? It's not really up to me to say whether that's right or wrong. That's them... That's that's them... That's them ultimately saying, this is what we want for the... uh, For the game mode. And it's not, you know, if that's what they want for the game mode, then, and, and, and again, from my perspective, they were never going to turn Gambit into a game that I enjoyed. They were never going to turn Gambit into a game that I enjoyed. So if they make it faster, I'm all for that. That was one of the reasons I was in favor of, of the game, of them going to Gambit Prime. I mean, you guys, people get tired of saying, I told you so, but I said, when they were going to do this, they were going to trim the game down to one mode. 61 Ophidius Faith with 16 mobility. Oh, I am buying that. 61 Doomfang with 22 recovery and 20 strength. Buying that. And a 64 Stag. Recovery is bad, but that's okay. You could add a mod there. Take it up to 14. That's pretty solid, too. Um, I, I said... I, ooh, a Nezerax. I said that more than likely that's what they were going to do. They were going to they were gonna set their sights on... They were going to set their sights on... Uh, I don't need a Nezerax. I need a Phoenix. I already have a good Nezerax. I thought they were going to set their sights on, on Gamut Prime. I, I said, I think that's the better mode. It's faster. I think that's where they're going to set their sights. That's exactly what they've done. Um, so in this, in this case, it's good to be right because I prefer... Uh, I actually preferred the um, the prime mode just because of its how f- it's faster. So, Joseph Young says, as we know, the Gambit mode is undergoing changes. Do you think uh, they will justify the changes um, in the story uh, in the story wise in the game, or give it the Don Cheadle treatment in Iron Man and just ignore it? Well, when they make changes to the strike playlist or they make changes to the crucible, they don't talk. They don't have like Shax or Zavala talk about that. When they added the nightfall, the ordeal, they weren't like they didn't have. I don't think they had uh, Zavala say anything. I don't think they'll do anything. I don't think Drifter's going to say anything. I don't think he's going to talk about. They may give him some new audio lines like, you know. You mentioned before of never going back to the boss fight areas of the Tangled Shore. The Flashpoint's an opportunity to do these again if you wanted to. Oh, I mean, I I do. Periodically, when it was the Tangled Shore Flashpoint, I went back there. I didn't like that they didn't utilize it as a grind. 
as a loot grind, as a loot specific grind. There's all those cool tangled shore armor pieces, and they just they could have they could have done that. Um, yeah, they 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 100 could have. So, Epic is increasing revenue share on their code usages. So if you guys use my code Lono in the Epic Store, you buy like the new Borderlands stuff or anything, uh, they're increasing revenue share right now. So if you use the Epic Launcher, you know, make sure and use my code. Um, if the air apparent is available for zero engrams, I don't think so. No. Um, so as far as the, like drifter may get some new audio lines, like, you know, welcome to gambit looks a little different. Same idea, you know, some of the prime evil or something. So techno off topic but do you think freelance iron banner is a good idea matchmaking times and it already can be pretty long dividing the player pool it's only gonna get longer well yeah i didn't even think about that i mean obviously we'll talk about that next week when i I walk through the crucible changes i've always thought that freelance is dangerous for that reason i think it works in competitive because competitive has like a dedicated core but when you go to Iron Banner, I think that's going to be a challenge. Is Iron Banner generally runs on just a lot of people coming in and playing, like the public. It's more about it's more like a public playlist than trials feels. And I think the concern would be, yeah, it's it's you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of people, and then if you're trying to stack up and run a team in Iron Banner, you know, matchmaking is gonna take forever. Um, Iron Banner needs a lot more than that. Everything in the game, if you are in the six stacks, you only face six stacks. Right, and if you're a two or a three-man team, you know, if, if six stacks are, are primarily then facing six stacks, that's great, but what about the any any fire team, any fire team of two to five people is going to struggle. Um, so you're saving one group of people, but maybe hurting the other. Yeah, if you're a solo player, don't worry. No more six stack stomp fests. You can go into the freelance playlist. If you and your buddy or a handful of your buddies want to play, but you're not a six stack, you may end up sitting in orbit for forever because you don't have those solo players to gap fill. If you're if you're if you're in a fire team of three, four, or five, two, three, four, or five, you're gonna sit around for longer you will have less people in your region to gap fill your team we got gaps in your team there's only four of you there's only five of you that smells so good you need those solo players thanks mama if you don't have those solo players then matchmaking times go up so i'm I'm not going to get sky is falling about it it works in 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 competitive but i think competitive is different because it's smaller teams and it's more prone to be stack or solo, stack or solo. It's more of a juxtaposition. It's more of a contrast. So I'll be interested to see what it does to Iron Banner matchmaking times. I foresee complaints, but maybe not. Maybe it'll work. Freelance trials. That would be terrible. Ashen. I'm worried, uh, too. Are you saying they'll reissue weapons in core content like Strikes and Gambit? Like, you have to grind for another spare rations with the same rolls? Okay. Listen, you guys are here on a regular basis, and they have made assurances to us that that will not be a thing. So when I say reissues, understand, they have said reissues will come back with new perks. 
even the beloved from the leaks has been said to not have good PvP perks because it's a static roll. Looks at gnawing hunger. That's not even in the that's not even in the realm of a reissue though. Like I think they should just make all gnawing hungers have the same infusion, right? Gnawing hunger had not been sunset yet. The assurances that we were given was that if weapons left and had been sunset for a while and then they came back, they would have new perks. Those were the assurances we were given. If that doesn't happen, then yeah, that's stupid. I'll be there with you. I'll be like, what in the frick? Death Adder was sunset. Death Adder was static. Get out of here. The, the Death Adder was a static gun, dude. That was a year one gun, wasn't it? I'm fairly certain Death Attic was a year one static roll, so it, it couldn't it couldn't have come back with the same perks. It, what that's not possible. Yeah, here's your year one Death Adder. Come on, man. Like at least at least say things that are accurate. The fact is, if they do that, I number one after the crap they got for gnawing hunger, they they're can't they cannot do it again. I can't see them doing it again. The beloved coming back. It, it's it's a it's a pursuit weapon. It's it's not the beloved. It's a different weapon. It's gonna have set perks, and then earnable ornaments or whatever. What I was saying was, right? They changed the pursuit perks according to wishes leaks. Oh, okay. Well, hear me out. What I think they're doing is is they're looking at the vendors because I made a bigger statement than just like. Um, DMG just tweeted that the new sniper is adored and it's different from beloved well it's the same model though I don't know why they use the model I think they open themselves up if they would have used any other gun model we wouldn't be having this conversation it's like come on guys anyway I was arguing a bigger bigger thing Ashen this is what I was saying that if you look at the armor shared geometry and you look at the pursuit weapon and you look at how they use the world loot pool so look at what they did with the world loot pool in this season. It was an area for them to put reissues. It was an area for them to put the Martyr's Retribution, right? So, because of that, because of that, I think they're lowering that that gear's priority and coolness because you as a hardcore player should not be concerned with world drops and vendor gear. You should be setting your sights on, I would think, Adept Weaponry and Trials, Raid Gear, they're looking at adding Adept Weapons to Strikes. The Seasonal Guns, we don't even know. Seasonal Guns, Seasonal Armor. So to me, they're, they're, we're already getting a glimpse at the hierarchy. The hierarchy is, if it's vendor-based, or it's a gun that everybody can get, it's going to be a reissue. It's going to be a, re- a reused model. This is like the lower echelon stuff that basically anybody can get but if you're going to go up in the nightfalls dungeons raids trials that's where the cool stuff's going to be they're not going to reissue weapons and throw them in the raid or a dungeon or something like that if they're going to be reissues if there's going to be reskins they're going to land on the lower rung and I know, I think I think this is a fair pushback, but Lono, it's a pursuit weapon. It's supposed to be unique. It's supposed to be standout. Well, yes, and I that's why I question them using the beloved model, but let's look and see what the gun does first before we come to a complete conclusion about it. I'm a hardcore. Unfortunately, I don't have a team to play content all the time to do hardcore content. Listen, 
I said this a couple of months ago after I read Luke Smith's uh, director's cut. I said, if you're only going to ingra- engage with bottom run content, I guarantee you a criticism we're going to hear end of this year is that all the cool stuff's over there. The, the, I, I can't just farm public events and strikes now and get cool stuff. I can't just token slam and get cool stuff. Yep, you're right. The, the, the vendors and the whirlpool are going to be more basic. And the cool stuff, the unique stuff is going to be elsewhere. That's coming. We have we can already see it's coming. The vendors have shared geometry armor. The pursuit weapon is a reskin model. And the world loot pool through the umbrals was a bunch of weapons that were, were being quote unquote reissued. I think what they're trying to do is if you're more dedicated and you want the better stuff, you're going to set your sights on the seasonal activity because that'll have all new stuff. The raid, the dungeons, trials. They said adept weapons for strikes. Those will likely land in grandmasters. They didn't say strike playlists. They said strikes. So they're looking at adding adept weapons. It's about going out into content and having the content award you appropriately. This is bottom rung stuff. The vendor armor and the and the the vendor armor and the pursuit weapon that's bottom rung. Anybody can get that stuff. That stuff's not going to be where they they they're not going to make vendor armor cool. There, it's like, nah, it's basic. It's, it's shared geometry. But what do they say? They're going to update some of the weekly challenges so you can go out and get high stat versions. So there'll be a clear difference between my armor if I go out and do those challenges and you doing vendor rank up packages because you just keep farming public, you know, the public space. But the seasonal stuff is just too slim for an expansion. Homie, we have no idea what's coming in Beyond Light. All we've seen is a seasonal armor set and five guns that are basically the seasonal guns. We've not seen the Beyond Light content yet. We have no idea what we're getting. A raid, a seasonal activity, all of that. We don't know what any of that stuff looks like. We don't know what Europa looks like. I thought they said there were two activities on Europa. Maybe there's just one. We've not seen any of that. I don't want the only rewards worth getting to be in content where I gotta have a team. I'm not saying put pinnacles in the world. I want a reason to do regular content. I mean, there'll be a spectrum, Ashen. There'll be a spectrum. To a certain point, though, you have to get off the I want to play by myself and get amazing stuff train, and you gotta get a team. Eventually, you need a team for the harder nightfalls. Eventually, you need a team for a dungeon or a raid or trials. That the game has a natural trajectory in it that if you want to get really cool stuff, you can't just stay on the, I just want to play by myself and have my microphone flipped up. Eventually, you have to get off that train. You have you have to. It, it, I don't think you can, I, I know what you're saying. You don't think you want, you're not saying they need to put God roll, pinnacle, adept weapons in the public space, but to a certain extent, they're they're never they're never gonna flip this thing on its on its on its head. It's listen. It's been one of the it's been one of the biggest problems with Destiny Two since it landed. That the loot that I get in the raid is barely distinguishable from something you can get from a vendor or farming the public space. It's barely distinguishable. A, 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 a vendor purchased bygones barely distinguishable from guns that, from pulses and primaries I could get in raids that's just that that doesn't work it doesn't work 
it, it's it's broken and and Luke Smith conceded this he said aspiration hasn't been there aspirational loot hasn't been there it has been this uh, th- these legendaries are exactly the same as other legendaries in the game it's the hung jury king's fall problem all over again perpetuated for years I told you I'm telling you right now put it on a post-it note and put it on your fridge some of the most common complaints you're going to see on the forums and reddit end of this year the complaints will be it's it's so lame it's so lame that the best stuff is in the raid and trials it's gonna happen it will be a complaint because for years the expectation has been that i can get good stuff and cool stuff and the raid and trials is basically the same it's the same stuff just looks different i still want guns that are must-have in the core content well, and that's I would agree with you on that, Ashen. A hundred percent in your corner and on your team. Core activities need loot in them. I said this earlier. We need new guns in the Crucible, in Gambit, in Strikes. What if you're gonna, as Luke Smith said, if you're gonna reinvigorate core activities, you're not doing that with a shared geometry armor set and a pursuit weapon. That's not enough. It's not. So we're on the same team there. Behemoth, do you think moving the invader ability to see through walls will make the game mode a little bit harder? Do you think removing the invader ability to see through walls? Well, they didn't say they're doing that. They didn't say they're doing that. <laughs> they're not taking that away. If you're asking me hypothetically, well, it would make invasion really hard. It would make invasion really, really hard. As soon as they poke their head out, they'd get they'd get team shot the reason that the wall hacks work is because they, they can take the shots when it's right um yeah if they were to do this it would make invading that i think that's i think that's one of the the, the problems i think that's one of the problems it's a 4v1 if you don't give this guy a bunch of advantages he's never going to get any kills I mean, unless he's a really, really good sniper and can drag snipe which i guess sniping is kind of busted right now with amos anyway but still yeah, I it I don't know. I always said invading of necessity needs to give the guy like overshield and some help, but it just happens too often and it's too influential over the flow of the game. It's way too influential over the flow of the game. If you could lower its influence, I think it's okay that he comes over and he's strong. He needs to. It's a 4v1 environment. He needs to be strong. I think it's the, it's the influence over the game's flow that's the that's problematic. It was like when heavy ammo was too frequent in the Crucible. Heavy ammo is fine. He- heavy ammo is fine. It was the frequency with which you were killed by heavy ammo that was annoying. So what did they do? They lowered the frequency of heavy. So I don't think an overshield wall hack adjustment is needed. I think it's his influence over the flow of the game. You know. Necro, uh, what? Do, I'm not answering that. So, if you guys are uh, wanting to join these Q and A sessions and submit questions, you need to be a paying member. Uh, you need to be a paying member. We have tier one, which allows you to submit written questions. We have VIP, which we'll go to VIP call-ins in just a moment, where people can call in and speak to me live on the air. If you're listening to this as a past broadcast, thank you so much for doing that. Please click subscribe, the bell button. And if you're here right now and haven't clicked subscribe and the bell button, it's totally free to subscribe. The join 
button is the one that costs some money, but that does support me directly. So subscribe to the bell button. And if you haven't yet, click that like button. We always love to see the like count roll over. We've been averaging 600 to 700 likes per stream, and I greatly appreciate that. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session after my talk about the Beyond Light Gambit updates. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. You can click the subscribe button and the bell button. That's totally free. Also, the like button on any of these videos. We're actually keeping the VIP call-in sessions and Q&A sessions just in the past broadcast and linking to it from the 10-minute video on YouTube. So if that's... If that's not as good for you, I am sorry. We we were slamming the channel with too much content. It was literally a live broadcast and then three videos every night. And subscribers tend to unsub if you hit them with too many alerts. And so we're trying to trim that down a little bit on the subscriber feed. So we're going to start with Light Leap today. Um, and I did say they could ask about the entire TWAB. Next week, we're going to get down into all the other things that are coming, but I know he's probably going to set his sights on the sniper, so we'll have it in frame for his his rant. Uh, do techno. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. We're doing techno. We're doing techno. Techno has to go first. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm coming to you, techno. Go ahead. Okay. Well, since I don't have much time, and I'll just do one part of the TWAB, and Light Leap can rip the other parts to shreds. Okay. And that's... um where Bungie's plugging all the Triumph Tracker websites in the TWAB way down near the bottom. And my reaction to that is, why won't they just show us in-game Triumphs and titles and all that stuff being removed? Because there's a lot of players that don't use any of the API trackers or check Bungie.net that don't really have a grasp of what's getting removed and what's staying. Um, yeah, I don't think we can stoke these fires too hot. I definitely hear where you're coming from, but they're trying to equip you before year four to to prioritize things that are going away and to expect them to do like an in-game UI update for that. I I understand that that'd be nice, but certain things are just not going to be front burner as they already delayed the expansion. So, well, they already have uh, those limited time icons in Eververse and in some of the emblems for the planets and everything. Just put the limited time on the planet itself. Yeah. No, I I do. I hear you. I, for the longest time, I have said, you know, it, it would be nice if certain things were in-game, stop leaning on third-party, you know, stuff. But the fact that they, um, they partnered with the API creators to streamline this, um, I, I don't know. The people that care about this probably have no problem and are probably very familiar with these websites. So the fact that they did, they did the work. They just didn't do it in the way that you wanted. They did. They, they teamed up with these guys to say, hey, how can we make this work to, to list and prioritize stuff that's going away? And so they have given you a solution and they have done work. It just isn't inside the game. And I, again, I get where you're coming from. Having I'm it just... in the game is always better. LFG is the same is the same story, but you know. I'm just getting a little tired of uh, constantly having to go to third-party apps for stuff in-game. Third-party apps and programs and websites. No, and I hear that. I know every time LFG comes up, we, we talk about this. Um, somebody in chat is harassing you guys. We're at 592 likes. Roll it over to 600 uh, for a prize. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Now I'm going to dislike. <laughs> the you know the in-game LFG discussion is a funny one too because I think now it's just too little too late I worry that not enough people would use it most people are familiar and comfortable with the other solutions so I'm worried that like in-game LFG would struggle to get momentum and traction um, 
I'm and again, fine with the LFGs and everything being third party, but it's like the Destiny item manager, I feel, is something that should be in game. I think we should be able to access our vaults from orbit instead of going to the tower and being able to pull stuff from other characters in game because it's so tedious when you swap from one character to another and you got to go to the tower, drop everything off, log in on your other character, go to the tower, pick everything up, and then you can start playing. Yeah, the minute I don't have access to Dim for just a couple of hours, I'm like, how did we ever play without Dim? Like, this is awful. Um, I, I hope they develop an in-game uh, an in-game solution for that uh, to 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 let us do that sort of thing from orbit um, as opposed as opposed to why are you adding Wolverine is he even he's not even talking in the in the chat what is going on there uh, lightly just added Wolverine I don't, <laughs> what did I do wrong yeah why are you adding Wolverine um, so I hear it I hear you you know you can vent about it but um, I, I don't I don't think the uh, I don't think this is a front burner lightly says there's a companion app specifically for that. We live in 2020. Why not utilize other technology to streamline the game? I, I, I can see that side of it too. Like, There's a social stigma to having the Destiny uh, companion app on your phone. What? <laughs> Why? I have it. So I yeah, can read the And I'm sure everyone around you can also tell that you have it. <laughs> no, I actually don't use it. I'm not logged in. I only use it to read the TWAB, like, and to get screenshots. I actually don't use it for anything else. I'm not even presently logged in. Um, so I don't really feel like that's a good justification. It's 2020. You, sh- you, there's a. If it's 2020 and all that, then why can't they just put it in game? Um, I think it's a priority thing. I think whatever team they'd have to have do it, and then they'd have to push out the update. They have to go through the certification process for those types of updates with the consoles. I just, I don't think it's a priority. I don't. I The, the number of people that are going to hit your level of frustration with it is probably not enough for them to warrant that level of work and bandwidth. I just, I, certain uh, things are not top priority. It's more like a paper cut where it's just like, it's annoying. I know it's there. It's not really like a a big issue to me. I'm leaving all the big stuff for Light Leap to complain about. <laughs> right, right. I get it. I get it. And it, and then again, the fact that they didn't they they could have said nothing about this. Let's be fair, right? There's they do nothing or this is like a half measure or they put it in game. I think the half measure is pretty acceptable. They're giving you a solution if you're like, dude, I really want to make sure I don't miss out on stuff going away. They made sure to work with Dim, Light GG, Destiny Tracker, Braytech, and D2 Checklist to give you a tool to, uh, to, to solve this problem. So it is a half measure, but a half measure is certainly better than, than literally doing nothing and being like, well, figure it out. You know, some of this stuff's going away. I mean, the, the Triumph page is ridiculous. There's so many well, Triumphs there. Those Triumph tracker pages already built these DCV checklists for everything before they partnered with Bungie. Like, Braytech had their DCV checklist within like a week or two of Bungie saying what was going to get vaulted and then. If lore's if lore on the planets is getting vaulted, then the Chronicler title's getting vaulted, and they just worked through that. They didn't really need the Bungie partnership, so I feel like that part of the TWAB is just sort of there to say, hey, we're not really going to tell you specifically what's getting tracked or not, so go there if you want the specifics, and I don't really think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Because, you know, the goal is uh, the least amount of clicks possible. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
All right. Is that all you had? Yeah, now I got to wait for a call from my university for the next hour. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Uh, I guess I'm going the Necro next. Uh, what do you got for me, sir? Techno, go to Techno. I was just talking to Techno. Okay, I'm going to Light Leap. What on earth is this? You guys bossing me around? Light Leap. All right, I'm scrolling back up to the sniper. Here we go. Oh, no, that's too easy. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to start at something else. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Well, uh, back to the sunsetting discussion, actually. Um, you know that I generally agree with you. I think why most people are so trying to adamantly defend it is when a new season comes out or or especially large DLC, they expect new stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because they pay for something. So they want to see every everything the developer had ut- utilized in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the people, especially with how they did it with the um, Umbral Engrams, it's it's just even if it's the same gun, I want it to look different, and I want it to look more different. I guess we can come to the sniper than the beloved uh, that what they did wrap a scarf around it. Right, I I agree. It's just a sniper, but I mean they could have at least taken one of the one of the the models that they had in your one. Right, mm-hmm. there are some snipers that we haven't seen in a while. I just don't understand that, and it, to me that speaks volumes about the decision process at Bungie because I don't know. I guess they didn't even look. They probably didn't even want to put in the work, really. That's my opinion right now. To update a year one weapon with 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 two perk slots, they just took the beloved that's already in game. Because I I don't have another explanation for this. Yeah, and I think that's why people worry about the sunsetting. Because, like, listen, when when a new DLC comes out in this game, I want even if it. I mean, even if the creative department had only to add like a little bit of geometry, but I still want to see the work put in. Mm-hmm. I don't want the same weapons, you know, that, that I grind for. And no, I, I don't think Annoying Hunger with new perks is going to cut it because that's changing some uh, a line of code with the, with the perk columns. columns. But I want actually mm-hmm. new stuff design. I want the stuff that I have feel fresh. So, and I don't think that's going to cut it. Okay, well, it, a couple of things. It, it is one, one weapon that is pursued from three different avenues. So... I don't know if this is going to be a big, huge standard thing they do. It's possible. Some people have theorized this is like a callous send-off thing, and they'll have, like, lore and and dialogue attached to it because the Leviathan's leaving, which means so is our communication for the time being with callous. Um, And it's... it, it's not just the Beloved. It's a Beloved that when you first get it is literally wrapped in, like, his stuff. Um, So I... It, it could purely be related to that. It also doesn't seem to be the standard. We've already seen the five weapons that we saw uh, in the press kits that are all new, completely different looking. We don't even know what their perk pools are. We just know they're, they're new. And that, to me, is just the seasonal stuff. It doesn't look like that's the, even the beyond, the beyond Light stuff. Like I think my biggest question is... First and foremost, I understand the, the 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 concern and the criticism of a reskin of a reskin weapon right out of the gate. Um, I, this did seem to me like an easy mistake to avoid. But again, what if it's related to Callus? That's then they'd be like, well, this is why we're doing it. I mean, it's a Callus gift as he leaves. Um, 
Because I'm like, why would you not use any of the other... There are so many other sniper models you could have used. Like, and no one would have even probably noticed right away. They've been like, is this a blue model? Like, you know what I mean? But like, this is like right on the forefront of everybody's mind because the sniping meta and grinding for the beloved and it, it, this is something so many people have done. It's a sore sub... It, you know, it's a kind of a sore spot. But I also think they threw this in with, with housekeeping. They, they, I think they knew this wouldn't be popular, but they can't really explain it to us right now. They can't be like, you'll understand when you get it, you know, it's from Cal or something. They probably don't want to spoil that. Um, but I think that's why they chose this weapon. I, 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 I have to think, if Bungie's setting their sights on year four as a turning page for the franchise, this big, big moment with all these all these great updates and new things and stasis and it's supposed to really feel like uh, a, a, a supercharged injection of life into the game it does seem weird to one of the first things we see about it is a reskin weapon it's like wait what it's like a it's like that womp womp sound it's like womp womp it's like wh- why are you doing this um but I think they wanted to get it out of the way because they knew it wouldn't be popular I think once they start talking about Beyond Light and the content and the loot and uh, again, I, I hope we hear things about leveling, artifact bounties, and the gun system. I really hope we hear some things about that, um, because they they haven't touched on that yet. So, like until we're until we're through October and diving in day one, I don't think they've really turned on the hype yet. I think they're getting the unpleasantries out of the way. I think that they knew that the the vendor armor and this sniper would be unpopular, and they don't want to have to talk about it when they start marketing as soon as they start marketing they don't want this to be on the stage it's like these are the things on the stage that are like the like not so great opening acts like they don't want this stuff on the stage they only want us to be focusing on the the goods and the and the exciting stuff so it's like um i don't know i mean if if it is a send-off from callus and it's tied to story does that change your mind at all about the use of the model itself no actually I think that's that's a bad excuse, especially because the, before they didn't care about it, and the ornaments have nothing to do with Callus. So, I think they could have designed something new and put it. I think part of the story, if he would have given it to us, I, I'm not accepting. I mean, I understand from from your reasoning. I, I like it. I wouldn't accept it as an uh, as an excuse from Bungie, to be honest, because I don't think that's that's fair to to say like, listen, yeah, we know you don't like weeks and stuff, but I mean, then they could do that every year. Like, yeah, but we know you liked it. So the person who gave you this weapon last year wants to like wants you to have something nice as a send off, and then they use that as a as a reskin and uh, not mm-hmm. reskin, sorry, a reissue. I, as I said, I don't want to sound too picky about this because I generally I'm in favor of sunsetting if everything that Bungie said is true so far. But why? I yeah, I mean, it boggles my mind that. They, Dylan knows this feedback. So Teddy just said that he answered, he will take the feedback about the Spider model back to the team. Come on, man. Like, you've heard this feedback already when Umbro, in the Umbro uh, Engram stuff. And he heard this feedback already when they first announced Sunsetting that people were worried about this. And now they're bringing out the sniper. And that's what they then rather just don't say anything. Because that's just, I don't know, that makes me even angrier. <laughs> it's. And, and it's not only this. I don't know if you noticed, but because you're hoping for a power leveling change. So I don't know if you noticed in the in the TWAP to move on a little bit, to not mm-hmm. like, circle around the stated suspect. It says in the strikes, each playlist will continue to offer weekly, weekly challenges for powerful loot. That means that milestones are staying and probably our general level of existing is staying. 
Ma so, well, well, maybe that doesn't necessarily. They they could mess with the soft cap. They could have stuff drop at level. Um, we don't we don't know. There's a lot of moving parts to leveling. The fact that powerful rewards are staying doesn't doesn't concern me all that much. I still think if they were to change leveling, that would still be part of the engine. The, the, not the not the game engine. I'm sorry. That the 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 machine of leveling would probably still include powerful drops. That doesn't. I'm not too concerned about that. <clears throat> I mean, we were hoping for that every legendary drops levels you a little bit, right? Or drops seven. at your at your level for backfilling purposes. I don't want to. I don't want to have to go to a to like. What's the plus zero vendor? I, the game should just be backfilling for you, is what I've always said. Mm, I, 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 maybe I misunderstood. I was hoping for my ideal since now leveling is more a part of sunsetting than an actual progress in game, forcing us in different activities. I find just it has aged. They should. I was hoping that every legendary drops drops either at level or plus two, and then eventually by playing you just level up. You know what I mean? No, and I agree with you. You also got to consider it said that weekly challenges are also being updated to offer avenues for players to earn higher stat packages for these armor sets. So if leveling if leveling gets streamlined, which I hope it does, but it's still sort of true to what we're doing now, if it's sped up and simplified, yes. And then if these weekly challenges, like right now, like once you're max level, maybe that's when you can set your sights on the high stat armor packages. Or because they're talking about bringing adept weapons to strikes. Like if they... As I've always said, once you hit max level, all those things should change for you. They should they they, they should they should become enough another form of pursuit because I no longer need to chase um, powerfuls. So I I really really hope we get a twab between now and then that addresses here are changes we're making to leveling. Whether we get slot leveling, get rid of infusion, uh, raise the soft cap to zero. So like anytime stuff's dropping, it's just dropping at your level. You still have to use powerfuls to get the big bumps, but then in between, you know, you're able to get it. Now that they say it would be weekly on the strike, so they actually specify that. Yeah, each playlist will continue to offer weekly challenges for powerful loot. Shoot. I was hoping that was going to be something that you could do um rhythmically i was hoping they were going to do that like every three strikes so if i don't feel like going into gambit and crucible i don't have to uh just to you know to keep people in the playlist has always been my motivation um if i want to play eight hours of strikes and and level the whole time i i should be able to do that uh limiting limiting power games weekly i've always thought was stupid um so hopefully if there are pieces of it that stay that are still unappealing like limiting it to weekly challenges if they, if, if I'm still happy as as long as they streamline it, because if you compare Shadowkeep leveling to Forsaken, it did come a long way. It's way better. Like it's actually leaps and bounds better in year three than it was in year two. So if it goes through, you know, a couple more refining steps again in year four, I'll be happy. If they do literally nothing to it, I'll be kind of ticked off because I. It, especially with game pass they've got to consider that like that leveling is just so dumb they don't what's an upgrade module why do i need that why do i need these currencies to buy an upgrade module you know, why do i have to infuse every single thing in that in that slot to that power level i earned a 1050 heavy why do why do i have to earn more 1050 heavies like i don't know i i think that leveling and infusion is just a muddled murky spaghetti code mess for a new player and i don't think it um because leveling and progression in RPGs is probably the easiest form of value transmission to a player. They don't have to understand the perk system. They don't have to understand anything. All they know is they played for a couple of hours and they're higher level. Like, that's all they need to know. That keeps people coming back. 
Well, keep in mind though that in other RPGs, the higher level automatically like does more damage, right? The gear right. level is tied to all the stats on the weapon, which Destiny, that's what already makes it so infuriating in Destiny because there is no difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I think we're in for a month of housekeeping, and I my checklist, I don't like doing this because it sets me up for disappointment, but I do have a checklist. It's like, speak to us about leveling, bounties, artifacts, guns, like gun system. Those are the big lingering questions I have. Like, we know stasis is going to be cool, customization's looking pretty dope, um, and... We know, like, Europa and a raid is going to make for, I think, a, a solid expansion, but I'm thinking quality of life here, like, month to month, season to season, are these things still going to be a frustration? Bounties being too central, leveling being stupid, the artifact being too micromanaging and limiting. Um, you know, I, if we're leveling every three months, like, it all these questions need to be answered in in a, in a good way i don't think you can leave things as it stands because i think a new player that transcends into the into the winter season is is going to be really likely to be like this i don't want to do this again um as you said yeah, like yeah. the 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 af king the forges saved the season for you because you didn't have to do it and if that's if that's true for a veteran some of that's related to fatigue, but some of it's related to like this is just so futile. I hate it. A new player is going to think that times ten because they're. Well, they, that they, wasn't that fatigue because as soon as I had I I, I decrypted the unrolls and I was ten fifty. I was like, wait, cool. I can play trials. I can do the dungeon. I can mm-hmm. do whatever I want. You know, I actually and then I rediscovered it. Like, it wasn't actually that much fatigue. It was literally the leveling system. I didn't. I didn't care. It even made me not care about the dungeon. <laughs> I meant not fatigue with leveling. I meant fatigue like just with because you've played for so long. You kind of do that eye roll of like, not again. I don't want to level again. Like if you wouldn't have been able to AFK the forges, you would have been like, I'm not doing leveling and I can't do it. Um, it's kind of what well, right, I meant. Because I didn't want to play old content. I wanted to play the new content, right? Right, yeah. right. If Listen, if Bungie needs a, a firework display in the sky to paint this picture that leveling needs rework, all the people that went to the summit and championed costly infusion and meaningful decisions and slow leveling, they all changed their position the minute they experienced the minute they experienced it. It's, they all took breaks, came back, they all wanted to jump into the dungeon, and they all changed their tune about leveling. It's like that right there is this all all the sign you need to really, really change the experience of leveling and change the way uh, that, that that players that you know. The, the way they, they experience yeah I agree I also think um, sorry I lost my train of thought, thought. Um, I, it's one of those things where I wonder is, is Bungie really going to do major changes right because it seems to me not only are we seeing housekeeping we're seeing the streamlining which is I, I think what I this time TWAB lines up perfectly with my expectations because we can see that vendors will be less important even though everybody wanted vendors to be more important because I don't think I I really think this regular legendary engram is staying for crucible for for world drops for everything that's why they're specifying here the 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 armor that like that that will be part of the vanguard and the crucible right that will be unique keep in mind we even got different like they now we only get one armor set, right? 
before we actually got different armor sets for Crucible and Vanguard and Gambit. Didn't, so, one, didn't one of Wish Leaks say, though, that the vendors are getting a, a loot pool update, like they're getting new stuff? And not and he wasn't even talking about the armor. I thought one of his leaks said that. Maybe I'm misremembering. I He was speaking... It's hard. He said it's all. It's all in tweets. It's all in tweets. There's not like a mega thread of all of his leaks. So it's I, hard. I in context, the way I took it, because he said something about expectations not being what uh, it's not what we expect in general in that thread, and then he also mentioned a vendor update. So I have the the way I took it was, oh, there is something that constitutes a vendor update refresh, but it's not going to be what we expect. Hmm. That's that's how I took it. So maybe I'm wrong, but um, that and it, it seems to me that, especially if you look at the Vanguard screen, right? People wanted story missions to be replayable. So is, is Europa? Are we not going to have story mission? Are they just going to be on the map? Are we just going to like that's going to be the biggest waste in my opinion? If they literally put in story missions and there is no daily heroic story missions and there is no reason to replaying them. I don't. I don't really understand what they're doing, uh, because yeah. they they took that out. They 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 put everybody wanted heroic sets, so now when we get Vanguard strikes, I mean, it, it it seems to me that we asked for heroic strikes back because people wanted you know go deeper. We want heroic strikes with uh, with with modifiers, right? That are a little bit harder, and then they drop stri strike specific loot. Now we only get regular Vanguard strikes. It, it seems to me like they're taking. A, instead of going that detailed direction they're just as you said they were like it's a, a perfect example was uh this twop seems to me the the continuation of the same thinking that led to oh people did thought the grind for the sparrow was too hard in last year's solstice so we're removing it because that doesn't seem like what what we want what this seems to me like you know what they don't play it so we just remove it but the actual truth is well Bungie didn't put any incentive in it. Right. Yeah, and as you were talking, I was thinking, like, it starts to get difficult, I think, how many how many incentives and loot pools can they create? So I'm thinking, like, okay, what could they do with story missions? Then what could they do with, you know, another tier of strikes? And sometimes I'm wondering if, is it okay for them to just create a springboard and an ethos an ethos setting you know tone and story and then we just never really go back to it now i've always said if you're going to make story if you're going to take the time to make a story that i go from point a to point b and there's like a boss why not make that replayable with some form of a loot drop i've i've always thought that but they might look at it and say you get more it's 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 similar to the idea that when you trim down the, the number of playlists, it's better because it focuses the community's, like, activity. It's not so thinned out. I wonder if activities in PvE are similar and that it got so, so muddled and full. You had Reckoning, you had Daily Story Missions, two versions of Nightfall, Strikes, two versions of Gambit, all the different planets, adventures that nobody's touching. You know, I, and it's like, Everyone's spread so thin, we're not really focused on anything, but we did, and uh, truth be told, we probably did focus mostly on whatever was new. We, we, we kind of all migrated into Menagerie, and then we migrated into Vex Offensive, then into Sundial, um, and then we all said these tower events suck, and now, you know, and now we're all, uh, every time I run contact, there's tons of people around. Um, 
so it's like we generally funnel to the new and for everybody else for like those like the i guess you would call them like the the lower lower rung casuals it's their spread so thin like how much loot can they possibly put in the game every season to make us care about daily story missions as well as strikes as well as nightfalls as well as whatever the new seasonal uh, activity is as well as the raid or the dungeon um so i wonder if they're just trimming it down and saying if we're going to be updating the game every three months we need less containers to update because they they're talking about adding adept weapons to strikes well that means that you know maybe they're looking at strikes as an opportunity of another seasonal activity that needs you know seasonally rein, rein, uh, reinvigorated but if you're going to try and reinvigorate strikes you got to trim down the vanguard playlist to remove stuff so that you have less quantity to fill um i picture it like this instead of having a bunch of uh, like solo cups on a table and I'm trying to I'm trying to add water to all of them so that you know all these solo cups have some so no matter what if you come to the table and grab a cup there's going to be a decent amount of water in it it's almost like they're saying no we'll be able to focus more if we switch it to just a couple of bu- like buckets and then we fill those and it's easier to fill those because there's less of them you're, you're, you're getting and then more people can come to those particular buckets of activities instead of being like why even have story missions? Like, nobody's running them. There's, well, put loot in there. But what loot are you going to put in there? And then are you going to have to... How often are you going to update story missions? And then it's just taking up space in the hopper. I don't know if I'm being clear. Like, to me, it makes sense to trim the game down to enable them to do more reinvigoration like Adept Weapons and Strikes instead of having it so broad and so much quantity as people have said, there's a thousand things to do and no reason to do it. I think part of the way you get to the place where you say there's a reason to do it is by saying there's not a thousand things to do there's a hundred things to do and there's reasons to do all of them I I think you have to do both lower quantity and add incentive I think it's a both and situation I don't think they could add incentive to just the gamut of PvE activities that were in the game Uh, like right now just go and look it's so it's unbelievable how much stuff's in the game right now the adventures story missions all of it I I just don't know it's like that's so many buckets to try to put incentives into if that makes sense I I get where you're coming from but then I don't know either their communications department suddenly fell on their head because then I would have just said listen this is how we envision the game and this is how often we're going to update it why I think you're wrong is because they said literally that this armor update is coming only once a year to the core activities so I don't think there's going to be an update every season to to, to this we're not going to get and I don't really care about the adept weapons as much because I'm not buying a, a, an expansion on a small note that's saying yeah yeah we're, we're putting some worthwhile root in it in like a three a three quarter of a year sorry you know that's to me like that doesn't i don't know that doesn't count <laughs> because the, the game already changed so many times during during the course of a year i don't i don't even know what what they're gonna do if if i'm gonna even care about these adept weapons you know so what we're getting right now it just seems i just don't see a different way other than saying okay um, we're trimming the game down, and what they're going to count on is bringing back something from the DCV. And even, I mean, what I don't understand is because we, I agree the raid weapons sucked. That's why they introduced sunsetting. But even if they're great now, and I have reasons to run the raid, that doesn't excuse them to, like, take half of the other activities out of the game and leave them with nothing, right? So... 
they had bandwidth to create all these activities. I understand they're taking some away, so I don't, I don't need, I don't need a menagerie like a form of menagerie or excavation protocol every season. What I would need is more guns. So I don't know if they don't have, if they couldn't shift some bandwidth towards that loot or, or what they're doing. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. I just it doesn't make much sense to me other than. The, It, it's going to be rough. I, I it's going, and, and I think they know that. The reason I think there's a different reason they're putting this out there, because first of all they're leaving it vague, and second of all is yeah, the the Europa stuff. We know the Reddit and internet. They only going to care about that. They're not going to realize that three quarters of the game are out suddenly because it's going to seem much more. And I'm telling, I'm, I'm have this weird prediction that we're going to be in year four, two months in, and it's going to be like a D2 year one situation again. We're gonna be like Bungie. What have you done? All of this is not working. It's too little, and uh, suddenly they're gonna be like course correcting over the next years. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I think Beyond Light and what we're getting with the actual expansion, because keep in mind it's a forty dollar expansion that we know nothing about. All we know right now is what they're doing internally to existing systems. That's it. That's all we have. The vendors, the strikes, crucible gambit. That's all we have in this in this blog. So we have to be clear about that. We have virtually no information about Beyond Light at this point other than stasis, which the stasis information is pretty substantive. I have a hard time believing they would sit down in interviews with Jeff Keeley and put out trailers and other things making it seem as though this is going to be this big monumental moment and he even said in a couple of interviews they're keeping their cards close to their chest trials 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 no oh, just hang on hang on the the year 3 sucked so i think trials is just is just taking on that uh <laughs> that identity marker of year 3 being kind of sucky and kind of thin um i i really do think we can't really say foreboding sky is falling until they start truly marketing beyond light Um, because they haven't done it yet this is why this happens this is pretty regular anytime we start getting bad twabs like this housekeeping twabs twabs with information that's not popular we always go through this people like oh my gosh what what are they doing that season's going to be terrible and I'm like they haven't even addressed season of arrivals yet I remember having this conversation with people they haven't even marketed season of arrivals yet everybody calm down and then they marketed season of arrivals looked pretty good we all got excited and it's not been too bad it's been a decent season you know it's a, seasonal content cannot be stellar and substantive we just know that it's 10 bucks it's it's going to be it's going to get the job done and I think season of arrivals uh, has done that and I'm not even a big fan of the contact public event so we're in a similar pattern right now they have not said almost a blip of a word about the size the substance and the content of of beyond light we know very little um and so until that happens like i said until i kind of have more knowledge about that then i'm not i'm not willing to sign on and be like oh no this is super super concerning um and again, I look at it and think, yeah, get the daily missions out of there. They're stupid. Nobody's playing them. Like, make the strikes better. Invest in modifiers. Because think of it this way. They could make strikes more interesting with modifiers, make them more exciting, fresh, and new, and add adept weapons. Maybe they can do that because they're not wasting time trying to come up with something to make the story the story mission, uh, the story mission playlist interesting. They're like, we don't have to worry about that. Just cut it so we can focus on this. Um... 
it would be like suddenly saying, okay, we're going to remove adventures from the game entirely, but we're going to take half of them and we're going to create like a planetary gauntlet playlist you can go into and there's like a journeyman's, you know, gun and a journeyman's armor set in there. Well, they can do that because they trimmed it all out and then they can only they only only focus on a small amount. So to me it's like if they're going to trim things down so quality goes up, I'm totally okay with that. I mean, at Crucible, we know that's going to help because you didn't need the number of options we've had up to this point. It was absurd. It was far too much. Um, so until we're until we're at the end of October, I am, I'm not ready to start pulling out the concern because you guys know me. As soon as I saw the marketing for Drifter, I was like, guys, this season's going to suck. And people were like, come on, Lona, you're being a Debbie Downer. I'm like, no, the season's going to suck. Like, until I see the marketing, that's when I start to really start, you know, read through the lines and look at everything and analyze, like, what's it going to feel like and how's it going to be experienced? Um, and we're not there yet. I, I I, just, I don't think we've, we've really received enough information to be too concerned yet. Because, again... I, I'm not focused on this old stuff. Gambit Crucible strikes. I mean, they're only adding like two strikes anyway in Beyond Light. Like that just isn't going to be a focus. Now they added Death Weapons in there. I'm curious how they do that. But outside of that, I I feel like this is just this is scaffolding, housekeeping descriptions. Like none of this is 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 even touching on Beyond Light yet. Yeah, I I totally see that point, and 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 I'm. Just to make it clear, I'm not only the, this information by itself in the twelve doesn't worry me. It's more this pattern of decisions that show mm-hmm. that they don't understand what players want, like the sparrow in solstice, like the beloved ornament wrapped in in in, in a scarf. The, 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 those minor decisions show to me that yes, they might have a vision, but I'm worried that they're completely misfiring. You know. And uh, so that's what, how I see, it, let's say, the science pointing. But I agree. Until we have more, I'm just, I'm also not immune to hype. So I worry because, I mean, to be frank, I would buy this expansion just because the greatest feeling for me is to dropping down on a new planet and looking for chests and secrets, right? So yeah. I wouldn't buy this just that. Like, they, they, the marketing department has me, uh, not marketing, sorry, the art department at Bungie has my, they, it's, they're the winners for me and the music, everything. So uh, I'm not going to lie. But, just in general, like all these decisions, they have me concerned that I, yeah, they're a bit disjointed from what the players want. But that that's all I have. I don't know if you want to respond to that. Yeah, and I and I think that part of the problem is uh, I think we don't necessarily know their prioritization. So if they looked at the vendors and thought, we don't want vendors to be a central focus. We do want to update it, make it feel new and fresh, but we don't want vendors to be the focus. If that's their choice, even though we've been asking for like, give us vendor updates, give us this, give us that, Bungie might have been like, that just isn't going to square with where the game is going. And if, if the second part of that, right, if the page turns and the second part of that is we really wanted loot and loot earn rates and things to be out in the world. The theme for year three has been we stand in the dadgum tower to get all of our gear. So the fact that they're leaning away from focus on vendors, I don't know. To me, I'm like, okay, that sounds like that we're heading in the right direction. Can you turn the page then and really give me a glimpse into what is Loot Pursuit going to look like in year four? Because I'm sick of being in the tower. Like, that's why when I see this vendor stuff, I'm like, I don't care about that. I, don't, I didn't want the vendors to 
Unless they did like the weapon boon idea that I had where I buy it, you know, I buy it from them and I have perks and seasonal perks with the vendor that I'm, I'm leveling and getting, but I'm still, that's a, that's a springboard. Go out into the world now and go grind for stuff. So when I see a deprioritization of vendors, I'm like, that's, that's exactly what I think needs to happen. They, we shouldn't be spending all of our time in the tower dumping currencies into umbral stations and fractaline and, and token slamming. I do, we, we, we should be getting loot out in the world. Now, the weapon, again, I, until we know the true reason why they chose the Beloved, I, I think they knew this wasn't going to be popular. They didn't need to show this to us. They didn't. It's like, why are you showing this to us? This could have been a surprise. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like they knew it wasn't going to be popular, so they're getting it out of the way now. It's like, it'll all make well, sense once... Go ahead. Why not communicate that to DMG? Sorry to interrupt you, but that, like, that, like, still, there's so many questions. Why not tell, listen, you're going to get it. We, we, if they knew that's not going to be popular, it's all like, listen, that's what they have community managers for, right? Listen, uh, we decided this. Uh, you got to probably get some backlash. If that's the case, just tell them there's, like, some sto- there's some reason for it, or, like, wait up, or something. Instead, DMG comes back with, like, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna take the feedback back to the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think they could have used the scarf because that's clearly like Callus's markings on the scarf, and they could have just used a different model. Like I, I think that would have we wouldn't even be talking about this if it was a different model and that scarf was on there. I think we'd be talking about why are we getting a weapon that is seemingly celebrating Callus? Like, you know what I'm saying? We'd be talking about that instead. Um, But again, I think sometimes they get in a vacuum and they think, oh, you know, it'd be cool is if before Callus leaves, we, we use one of the more popular weapon models and we bring it back, put some cool ornaments on it. And it's a nice send off for Callus. Well, in a vacuum, that sounds great, but those people might not be privy to the fury and the rage of Reddit about reskins and reissues. And so they don't know they're just sitting in a room thinking that'd be a great send-off man what was one of the more popular weapons beloved oh yeah bring it back put some scarves in there you know what'd be good let's let them earn legendary ornaments instead of selling them that'd be a good fan service right and all we're doing is we're like oh, it's, a, it's the beloved it's like they i don't think they were privy to our fire and rage about it so we're like well you know dylan's gonna take the feedback back to the team and it's like we don't know who cooked up this idea and when because but then I asked, like, Dylan tweets that he makes presentations at Bungie, right? So, and probably those presentations are what the general vibe is in the community, right? So he already gave that feedback that players do not want. And it was a Reddit comment about it. And he said, yes, we're going to relay that to the team that players do not wish to see the same models reused. So well, I don't understand where this vacuum is. Is like, are they are they all playing like Fall Guys on their on their on their on their cell phone when he's having these presentations? Or that's <laughs> well, I also think the fire and the fury was about reissues, and this is not a reissue; it's a new weapon, um, and that's why using the model seems strange. Have they ever done that before? I mean, it's an identical model. Like, it's not just the same model. Like, like how. Um, I'm trying to think of some of some hand cannon models they're identical like it's not like that where it's the same model but it's a different weapon like it literally has the the the, the crystal in, yeah the crystal yeah. inlays from the from the from the menagerie it's it's like this was a thematic weapon this isn't just a generic gun model like a generic hockey or a general generic suros it's a thematic weapon so 
I, I think probably in their mind, they're like, well, it's not a reissue. It's a brand new weapon. It's going to have static perks. It's going to be cool. We're going to do some ornamentation. And maybe that's how they squared it. They're like, well, if we if we do the ornamentation, we can save time by using an existing gun model. And we can create four ornaments for it instead of making a brand new model, you know, and then try to come up with the ornaments to it. You know, maybe the art team was, you know, pressed for time or something. I don't know. Um, I think the spirit of this has me excited. The idea that they're creating a gun that then has ornamentation that can be chased. I'm like, oh, that's dope. Please, 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 please let that be in the raid, right? Like, it'll be awesome to get the guns in the raid and have like a secondary grind of getting ornamentation for them. Like a a raid quest for ornamentation for the weapons would be dope, you know? And I I hope that this is not just a vacuum thing they only do for pursuit weapons. Um, And I, I think you're right. There probably is somewhere, maybe this is because of working from home, um, there could be some breakdown in communication about how you don't want to reuse or reskin anything right now. You know, the community is a bit of a tinderbox about that because of sunsetting announcement and then gnawing hunger. And now you're like, hey guys, the pursuit weapon for year four is we kick off this expansion that just got delayed is a reskin model. Like I, I it's again, it's why I think people are right to say it's a little tone deaf. Um, I just try to be sympathetic and understanding to what probably led to this is again, I thought a group of people probably got into a room and cooked up this idea. Truth be told, if sunsetting wasn't a thing, we would, the the anger and the fury about this would probably be a lot lower because people are like, well, it's a reskin. What in the heck? Why would you do that? But it would be, it would be, it would be the more of the garden variety reskin complaints. I think the complaints are larger now because of sunsetting. Right. Exactly, because, yeah, well, for the reasons I said, I think people just want to see effort for the things. But yeah, I think I, I, Necro is already blasting me in chat for using up so much time, so thank you for hearing me out again. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for calling in. I, I want to add what Doge said to the conversation. I didn't realize this. He's saying that the, that the you know, you know, this is funny. Maybe we're not seeing the big picture. They have done this before. Doge is right. So when they did the... um, They've done this already. Right here. Right here. The breakneck. We're, I think we're missing the bigger picture. The breakneck is the hazard of the cast. With what? Put some decoration on it. They've already done this before. They've already done it. I don't know. I I think this was complained about then too. So I'm not saying this is ill. This doesn't like this doesn't like suddenly nuke your criticism. But I do think we need to remember, you know, uh, big picture here. You know, uh, I don't. I never got Randy's, so it should be grayed out here. Isn't this a weapon? Basically, already is. No, I don't think so. I think that's a reused model, though. That's definitely a reused model. Pretty sure. Um. What are some other ones? Uh, Redrix. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a model that's already in the game, isn't it? Loaded Question was a reuse, right? Luna's. Luna's and the Not Forgotten. Weren't they also? Yes, the same as the nipple. (laughs) Everybody always thinks I'm saying nipple. Uh, Yeah, the Frost. It's the same as the Frost. And the Infinite Paths. uh, yeah see I understand people's criticism but maybe we're being yeah are you you're muted here I'll unmute you I'll unmute you go ahead respond go ahead respond to what I'm saying 
Well, I just—I don't know if you hear me. I thought the the, the red rigs and stuff were all Destiny One weapons. They weren't in the game before, I think, in well, D two at least. I'm talking about model reuses, though. The recluses of Black Adder, the Hazard of the Cast became the Breakneck. Like they've done this before, I guess is the point. Like this isn't the first time they've said, "Here's your pinnacle." your ritual whatever you want to call it and it's a reused gun model like loaded question is another example like that fusion model is already in the game but they changed it decoratively that's that's a point i i can see that but they were yeah i guess they were added in a time during year two right when they, they were just additions to the game i mean i feel like with the announcement of sunsetting and Mm-hmm. expectation of a dot for beyond light this just seems I, 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 I expect a lot of new stuff right yeah not like I think the pursuit what the, the pinnacle weapons weren't until black armory was there one in forsake yeah there was of course Luna's and not forgotten right but they were new for destiny 2 at least yeah but yeah I'm not beating it at horse yeah I I can see that I, I hope you're right I hope you're right as always, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, in this situation, I, I don't think it invalidates the criticism. I think it just shows this isn't some sudden like this isn't like a sudden change in approach to pinnacles or pursuits. They've actually the pattern is set. They've they've done this before with pinnacles. They take an existing model and just dress it up and make it pretty, probably because it's a everybody gets it weapon. I would think, and the perks are what make it stand out. So. That makes me say, eh, this sniper, they've done this before. It's not its not very uh, alarming. Let's wait for Beyond Light marketing, and then we can have maybe more conversations about what we feel we're getting for a $40 expansion, and that what's well, 50 if you want the season included. So still, I'm still curious, what's it going to look like? Is it going to seem, is it going to be blatantly obvious this is bigger than Forsaken and Shadowkeep because the price point makes it bigger, you know? Yeah, I agree. All right. No, this time for good. Thanks. Have a good right, one. Yeah. Have a good rest. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and end it there. I'm just kidding. All right, I'm coming to you, Necro. Sorry you had to wait so long. <laughs> it's okay. I knew you were going to say that, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll troll you. So, <laughs> we've been doing this all day. So, I had a concern um, talking about the whole sunsetting thing. I don't mean for you to repeat yourself, because I understand your logic. I'm just uh, concerned about implementation. Okay. So you have weapons like Recluse, Mountaintop. They're getting uh, sunsetted. That's fine. We have a time window. And then come to the new pinnacle weapons, we now have a new generation of those weapons. My first question would be, are they going to be on par with Recluse in its heyday? Or will it be better? Not um, by On par, I would probably mean like, let's say different. And the better I would mean more powerful. Mm-hmm. My next question would be, preceding generations with the same system, you're going to have more and more of those weapons being pushed down the line in PvE. Mm-hmm. With the players playing and engaging in the contents, you know, everything has its own cap. So are the the, the entry point uh, activities, are they going to continue to go up in level and then leave the other weapons behind? Uh, like I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. That and yeah. that's what concerns me here. Yeah, I would say that they. We have to go back to Luke Smith's original commentary on this. Uh, I'm gonna mute you because I'm getting wind. Um, 
I'm going to go back to Luke Smith's original commentary on this. So I'm going to take the part of your question about what about the entry-level content? Like, is that going to keep going up in level? Because they did that with the tower event, and they did that with contact. And you remember, I was very much against that. I think philosophically that's terrible, but it gets even more complicated with sunsetting. So, Luke Smith said, the only thing that sunsetting will affect is endgame viability. And so, that that the and they said the most ch- and in another place I think they said the most challenging content or whatever. So entry level content, seasonal content is by its very nature it, it can't fall into that category. It won't make any sense to be like welcome to the winter season. The seasonal content is a you know there's a there's a fifty power jump and you got to do that in order to play the new seasonal content. I'm like wait what you just sunset you just sunset everybody out of that entry level content. So I don't I don't think they're gonna do that because of sunsetting so the standard for year four they're gonna have to either raise everybody as the floor raises like they did with the 750 thing because right now that's what they did right 750 was the floor and then if you look at all the content that isn't seasonal 750 for strikes and then 750 for the lowest nightfall and then i believe nightmare hunts are okay those are 860 so they're gonna have to they're going to have to consider that. Now, they did it in this year, but there was no sunsetting yet. So sunsetting, I think, of necessity, has to change the way leveling works season to season for the seasonal content itself. It has to change that. That's why I think we need some blogs about, like, what's leveling going to look like? Where is sunsetting going to be felt? Is it only going to be felt in the end game, Or are you guys going to do what you did with the tower event? Are you going to do what you did with the... Uh, are you, are you going to do what you did with the the um, uh, contact event? Are you going to raise the power level? So that was the second half of your question. Like, I, I don't think they can do that. I think that's unreasonable to basically every season you're sunsetting everybody's gear that that is unless, unless they were playing the most recent season. Like, that doesn't jive with a la carte engagement. Okay. Um, if they were going to do that, they'd be saying that every time they bring up sunsetting. The two times they've made reference to what sunsetting will do in effect is it will affect a gun's endgame viability, and they use the term somewhere else, only it will only affect your gun's viability in the most challenging content. They've used those two expressions. That doesn't apply to seasonal content. So they, they they're just they, I don't they can't I they can't do that. That's an invalidation of what they said when they outlined it, and it will be incredibly stupid. Like, you can't have an a la carte player jumping in in the spring and being like, yeah, I've not played since Beyond Light. What? None of my gear is good? It's been sunset? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I skipped a while or whatever. Like, it, it, they, I don't think they can do that. That won't, that won't work. It's entry-level content. This is why I've continued to argue for normal and hard mode. It's fine if the hard mode is sunsetting. Why? Because that's endgame. That's aspirational. So it should only be applying to raids, trials, grandmasters, dungeons. That's the only place this should be uh, applying. And if it applies to the entry-level seasonal content, that's a nightmare. There's no way they do that. I really don't think so. I, I can't believe they did it with the tower events and contact. But again, we're in a different era right now. To the front half of your question, do I think the weapons will be at the level of the recluse or stronger in power? I've I've tried to attack this in two different ways. Number one, I defend sunsetting, but the number two, I call on Bungie to make better decisions with respect to perk 
uh, perk diversity and perk themes. As I've called very strongly to get rid of damage and reload perks. Because, essentially, I don't think that is makes for really interesting adept weapon chase. If you think about what made Wendigo, Loaded Question, Mountaintop so interesting, it was because they were unique in what they did. Now, yes, Mountaintop became DPS King. I think that was like an unforeseen thing because of auto, like auto, like the, the reloading thing we had with uh, with rifts and barricades. That was like an unforeseen thing. But the way that it shoots, like, oh, cool, the blinding on the Wendigo, the the loaded question explosion thing that it causes the i remember the breakneck just the experience of it shooting incredibly fast was 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 cool like i can just keep getting this thing faster and, and faster and faster and faster now obviously the breakneck was a bit more of a damage perk environment but i think as i was saying to donut a little while ago when we were discussing this you can only make weapons so effective in crucible because guardians are going to die so you can only make a, a guardian die so fast so you can't suddenly put adept weapons in the game that are two-tapping or one-tapping guardians. That would be stupid. So there's a natural intrinsic ceiling to Crucible, right? How do you break past that ceiling in PvE to make raid, dungeon, or adept weapons interesting in PvE? I think you do it in the realm of space magic, elemental effects, utility, not damage reload. Um, and then that's how you say, oh, this gun is arguably quote unquote more powerful than the recluse, but it's in a, it's, it's operating in another spectrum of power. It's not just, oh, it does lots of damage and reloads really fast. Cause that's what, that's what made the recluse so effective is you're just mowing down ads and reloading lightning quick. And that's what made it a problem in the crucible. It was too low hanging. It was too easy to proc its, 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 uh, its damage perk. So I do defend the spirit and the goal of sunsetting. I do. But I do that while simultaneously saying, Bungie, th- you've got to move away from damage and reload perks. We need perks that are more interesting and and more built for PvE. And that's how you create weapons that would be standout and be like, well, this is more fun, more powerful, better, etc. Whatever word you want to use. This weapon is, quote unquote, better, more powerful than the recluse, but not not purely because of damage and reload. So I, I try to do both things. Like, I think sometimes people think, like, I'm just defending Sunsetting because, you know, I just I just defend Bungie. It's like, well, no, I'm defending it, but I'm also making a lot of, like, re- you know, requests from Bungie about these these weapons better be, they better be awesome. They better be solid. I, if you're just handing me a bunch of damage reload guns in the raid, I'm, I'm going to be like, this is not good enough we've been chasing guns that reload quickly and do more damage for si- for for 6 years like you've got to do better than that we we've we've got to extend beyond that and i think you have your answer in focus firefly you have your answer in blinding grenades like i think they they know where to go with it they just need to really really strip themselves of the ability and a friend of mine when he was learning to play the drums and his drum instructor said the next, you know, for the next month, any of your shows I come to, you are not allowed to do any fills. You are only allowed to keep beat and keep rhythm and keep time. He's like, you're not allowed to do any fills because he wanted him to lock in the basics and excel at the basics. And in a similar vein, I think in a different way, if we tell Bungie no more damage and reload perks, it would force them to get more creative. Like, well, if we can't do damage and reload perks, what are we going to do? 
that's when you get into bleeding, blinding, burning, uh, chain lightning, suppressing, knocking back. Uh, like I said, turn my weapon into a spellcaster. What's the weapon do? We know guns go shoot, boom, and reload. We know that. We, we know that. That's what guns do. What does it do? Right? What does it do? So... Real King Salty with a $5 tip. Hey, Lona, lost my single in the Discord earlier. I don't get great service in my shop. Hope you and your family are well. Thank you for the five spot, man. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to unmute you. Hopefully you're not wind tunnel. Don't know if you have any you know, follow-up to what I said. No, no, I, I completely understand. It makes sense. It's a lot of, like, you know, theory here. Like, okay, we think that this is what Bungie's going to do. We hope this. We hope that. Um, I, I'm unsh- I, bl- I believe you answered a little bit of my third question. Um, when I mentioned about all the weapons that were best in class being pushed down the pike uh, towards mm-hmm. uh, more entry point uh, activities, mm-hmm. it tells me something about like, I don't think they're going to really, they're going to just have like a flat ceiling that p- player all players are going to just be at. But I, I don't know, I don't know how they're going to implement this because, you know, I want to use my Redrick's broadsword every time. I love that weapon. I'm going to be able to use it in everything but pinnacle activities, and I understand that. But what what's going to happen three years down the road? Where is my broadsword going to actually be effective in in the entry point stuff? Because it's only at 1060, and we'll probably be at, like, what, 2025, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens then with all the all old gear? Do they just re—I guess that's probably where you would probably say they'll reissue it. I mean— um, but um, but until then, what happens? It just stays in the in the vault. What's going on? Because I believe that's a future pain point for us that we're going to complain about until they decide. Oh, we're going to reissue the weapon. Problem solved. What do you think about that? A future pain point that I I have too many I have too many weapons. Is that what you're saying? The pain point that I'm saying is that all the old weapons like recluse the first pinnacle that's first pinnacle set that was uh, sunsetted. Let's say you know we're getting like way past 1325 like seasons later and you know i'm asking like where does this fall in um uh the end uh, the uh the entry point activities wouldn't the light level go up eventually like would these things fall behind like maybe i can only do it in an intro mission now not in like even a strike like what can we do (laughs) excuse me i understand what you're saying this is where we need to blog post about leveling because Shadowkeep, they raised you and all of your stuff to 750 and that's the floor now, right? I would think they would do something similar every year if they if they feel that's the, the road forward. They're not, they're not going to do a number squish. If there is going to be a new quote-unquote entry floor, you know, yeah, you made a new character and you go through this and this and this and you, bam, you're 1,050. Uh, let's say the new floor is 1,000 just for an experiment thought experiment i would imagine they would make everybody a thousand make all your loot a thousand so nothing so it now would that eventually mean that something gets beyond its infusion limitation does that mean eventually the recluse does get to go beyond a thousand sixty because they do a floor raise where all of a sudden the recluse is 1100 you know let's say witch queen we walk in and they say hey the new floor for all content is 1100 so suddenly your recluse becomes 1100 well that's fine it it, it would all these numbers would just change from 1060 to 1100 it would still be a sunset weapon it would you couldn't infuse it you couldn't take it beyond the floor but it would be able to then go into a strike 
or a new seasonal event or whatever. This is why we need a blog post from them on this. I, they they got to make they got to make uh, sense of this for us because like long term, what does it look like for me to just jump into a strike? or entry-level content, is is there going to be a perpetual leveling problem that, as you said, shoves too many weapons off the table at once, sho- you know, shoves them down the line? Um, or will they always be willing to raise the floor? Uh, or, you know, do they just leave everything at 750? That'll be kind of weird, right? If we're raising our power level, you know, we got this video where somebody's 31, and then we have saw clips where people were, you know, really, really high power numbers. Um, and then we have a video, a, a clip now, I'm sorry, a screenshot now where somebody's 469 power level. Like, what is that? Who, what, is that person brand new? Why are they so low? They're, they're 469. They're below the current floor. The current floor is 750. You can't even be 469 in the game right now. And we got a screenshot on the Triumphs page of somebody below the current floor of the game. Um, so these are all questions I don't really have an answer to. They've, they've got to outline this because I, again, based on what Luke Smith said, I can't see them suddenly being like, oops a daisy the, the strikes are 2,000 power level, and uh, yeah, you're, all your gear just got sunset. That's not supposed to happen. Entry-level content's not supposed to enforce sunsetting. Only endgame is. Right, and I, I don't mean to be pessimistic. It's just I feel like they're going to meet that pain point and they're going to flop for a little bit and just kind of like what Lightleaf says they're going to take a couple of seasons to kind of correct it. I hope they have that idea on the forefront and they decide oh okay this is how we're going to address it because it's either hey I'm going to leave it in the dust or hey you're going to tell me it's sunset or let's even change the verbiage you're just not allowed to put it take it into pinnacle activities anymore forget sunsetting it's just going to be at a static light level whatever it's done um like i i I don't know like it's it's it just feels off to me it feels counterintuitive like you're going to raise it anyway even though it's at a light cap you're going to continue to raise it raise it raise it and it's like well wait a minute and now it's even more powerful than it was when we first started sunsetting like, but it won't. But it either. won't be more powerful. It won't be a se- like right now. If you come into the game brand new and you have a seven, you get a seven fifty recluse because you just start the game at seven fifty. A seven fifty recluse is not more powerful than a six hundred recluse. Like it isn't. It's just matching the current entry level delta. Like it, it, it's not actually in effect more powerful. It's it's technically more powerful, but it isn't because the entire game is set to seven fifty. So. If a year from now they raise the floor to 1500 and the recluse no longer says its cap is is 11 you know 1060 it says 1500 it's still a sunset weapon whatever raid would launch with that with the witch queen expansion I would not be able to take the recluse in there cuz it would be end game I would have to level up and the recluse would not come with me it'd get left behind it would be too weak you know, 1500 is the floor and the raid would be 1600 automatically recluses now is still is still in effect sunset. It's still only good in entry level content. Now, I had one last question because this just this just reminded me of something uh, the light level. It's your damage is your average gear score. And if you meet said light level, then you're going to just do OK. You're going to do normal damage. You take normal damage. What if with the power of the artifact, it sets you past said light level uh cap or the uh the required light level and you use an anchor weapon kind of like recluse 
and you still achieve minimum light level, the, the required, uh, you know, light level to do the activity. Will you still be doing the same damage? No, they made a change at some point. The power level of the weapon does affect its damage output. So right now, if I were to go into uh, a, let's go to the Nightfalls. If I were to click on a Nightfall and I would click on the 1050 Legend, okay? I'm 1055 right now and the and the Nightfalls, you know, 1050. But if in my menu, I go in with the primary that is... So my rocket the well let's make it let's make it easier let's make it easier so i'm going to dr- i'm going to drag my weapon down the breach light will be 1000 it's 50 underneath the nightfall the nightfall is 1050 but my breach light's 1000 my overall power is 1060 if i go in right now in a 1050 this breach light's going to suck it's going to feel like garbage cuz the gun itself is below the power level of the enemies so the you can't do that you can't like boost your power level with the artifact but then kind of you know almost like you're dragging in something that has no business being there like you're saying like a sunset weapon the the power level of the weapon does affect it cuz this has happened to me when i'm working on bounties when i'm working on bounties I go in and I'm like, why is this weapon so weak right now? They're like, Lono, it's a 750. Like, you, you got to switch it. Like, you're you're in an environment that's you know that's uh what you know 860 or something. So the 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 level of the weapon affects its damage output. There were a handful of YouTubers that that showed this and like because people were wondering. I think it was an update like a year ago or something maybe. Um, so yeah, if the if the weapon is 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 below the delta of the environment and the enemies, it, it'll do a diminished amount of damage. Ah, okay. All right. Well, that's it for me. Uh, enjoyed my time. Glad Lightly uh, left some time for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's perfect timing. Thanks for calling in. We're at about an hour in 10. If you guys are listening to this uh, as a past broadcast and you're like, man, the VIP call-in seemed pretty cool, uh, be sure to become a paying member and get into the Discord as a VIP or you can go into the Patreon, sntrpresents.com and pick the VIP and get into the Discord and you can call in live and debate these things with me. I'm sure next week will be pretty saucy because we're going to talk about Crucible updates, Strike updates, that freaking sniper rifle, what are they doing? And uh, in all those uh, conversations and discussions, I'm sure we'll get into some lively debates and things like that. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.